Welcome back to Going Long on First. A very solemn entrance into this one tonight. It's uh it's been a rough 24 hours for Mr. Benson and I and for Packer fans across the country and the world. All of our German Packer fans if you're out there. It's it's been tough. You know, Owen and I just sat for the last 20 30 minutes just kind of letting it flow. And then uh obviously we'll let some out here for everybody to hear, but uh we needed a pre-pod a little bit. Jeremy Jeremy's in limbo tonight. Uh we'll we'll see if he pops on. The next couple of weeks will be will be um Pretty 50-50 for him because of uh, the baby old pod father himself. See if he can make some special appearances. But, Owen, we do have one more round to go for a little recap of week 18. I guess you're right. I also, uh, you know, Packers may have lost. I hope I won this week, but I have a feeling I didn't. But we'll see. Do you want to know? Uh, you know, I, I, I've i been tempted to wait till Thursday because that's customary. But, you know, we're, we're now transitioning into postseason. So I guess if you have it, I'll take it. Might as well take take the shots while I'm down. Might as well just keep burying me. So, yeah, I guess to start off, do you have our, our final results from last week? Third place, officially. With, I like it. I believe. Hold on. Give me two seconds. I'll figure this out again. I don't like the sound of that. If I remember right, Seth's mag- magic number was four. Jeremy's was seven. Jeremy's was seven. And then Jeremy's to beat Seth to take second was three. Yes, that sounds right. Jeremy was the winner on the week. It doesn't surprise me. With the chaos strategy. <laughs> Fade Owen. Pick against Owen, which apparently was the correct way to do this. He needed it. He needed a miracle. Jeremy takes 11 wins out of 16 games. Clutch factor. That's a clutch factory right there. He was just hoping for, at that point, just hoping for me to take four and Seth to take... Was that seven? Yes. Or eight, I guess, even. But but Seth said, nah. Kind of. Kind of. At least to Jeremy, maybe. Seth said, I like it here at uh, whatever winning percentage Jeremy was at. I believe he ended with 49.2.
Seth's like, this is a nice place to be. I think I'll stop by. I think I'll stay a while. Seth gets eight wins on the week. Hey! The perfect 500. The perfect 500 to fall around, right around that low 49% mark. So Almost theory, 500 on the year, then. You got close. Um, But that kind of keeps you, in theory, tied with Jeremy, right? I'll take the, I'll take the W, and I was I was uh, I was knocking on the door of fifty two percent win percentage. And I came out with a loss, a losing week. In all, in my rush to be the contrarian, it uh, worked out for me a bit. It also didn't work out for me at other times, <laughs> but I stayed true and I got six wins, Seth. Look at that. So you know what that means. You lose. I lose. Loser. 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 Shame. That's all right. Shame, Shame on me. Shame. So close, though. It was a battle. It was a battle. Two wins. Seth was two wins away. Jeremy also two wins away. You know what they say. Better luck next year. Better luck next year. That's uh, that's Packer fans around the world. Seth, do you have any regrets on the week for games picked that you just knew in your head? Once you've seen the result, you're like, I I knew the exact thing that was going to happen, and I picked against it. I'm trying to remember who I picked. That's the problem. I always go through, and I'm like, for me, I- for me, it was uh, teams like uh, the Arizona Cardinals plus fourteen. Well, I thought the plus fourteen was a little too juicy, and of course it's the 49ers. It was it was close for a good bit. Then that got taken away from me. Um, we both kind of got uh, kind of got bit by this one. The Dallas Cowboys minus seven. That was, was the big sure one. On that, one. that was the big one. I think I also took the Jets. You did take the Jets. Who Let's floundered see. against Skylar Thompson of all people? Eleven to six. What a score. Man, um, there were. Some I think other I ones. took the Saints. Did, I'm trying to remember. Yes, did we both did. Yep. Yep. Plus or minus three and a half there. Um, you know, juice of the week hit. That's the main thing that we care about here. Buffalo out there for Hamlin. There it is. Um, there was. I ended up being all right with the Giants. I was like, you know, I was kind of scared, but I thought the Giants still would play play. Tough. Yes. When in reality, the Eagles just kind of let off the gas pedal at, at a certain point. They 100% did. Jalen Hurts looked a little rusty in that game. Uh, but obviously, they were able to pull through. Giants weren't playing for much either. You know, we kind of mentioned that pre-pod as well. Some of these games didn't really matter for, for teams. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jalen Jalen also kind of looked in pain, didn't he? He did. He did. That that also be true. Uh, so curious on how the playoffs will look for them. He obviously has a couple weeks to uh to get healthier. Hmm. Um, and, and get back on track. But Eagles took care of business. 
Dallas kind of did them a favor. They didn't have to win. They did anyways because Dallas. I I I don't know, man. <laughs> Sam Sam Howell must be the answer for Washington after all these years. Boy, he was cruising, wasn't he? He was a runner. Yeah. He was like a Howell missile out there. Basically, a uh, little young Taylor Heineke. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if Washington wants that. Um, yeah. You know, Seahawks, I feel like we're recapping these games as we run through them. Um, But we will have our, just to kind of sum that up, Owen took first, I took second. I'm going to self-declare myself second. Self-declare myself. And then Jeremy got third. We will do our final top five A and B, Owen. I hope you're ready. Let's see if I can get Jeremy's Jeremy's top five at least. And then end with a little trivia. It's going to be painful for myself. It is Packers related. Yeah, it sounds painful already. Uh, speaking of Packers. Hey boy, what a what a way to start! What a way to what a way to start this recap. I don't I don't want to talk about it any more than you do, and uh, but this guy, this guy's certainly ready to talk about it. The timing is impeccable. It is. It really is. We're talking about boys. Maybe he'll be distracted the entire time. Jeremy, I'm yeah. glad you could join us. I fully intend to be distracted the entire time. Good, good, good. <clears throat> yep, so, let's hear like it. That. Let's hear it, Seth. I mean, there, Jeremy, to tell you the truth, not, it was a pretty boring week in the NFL. Nothing really painful at all happening in the past 24 hours, especially not, you know, in the Sunday night game. Um, so I don't know. I'm curious to know your thoughts on the weekend at large and not centered towards any specific game really at all. You know, I'm <clears> – <throat> Really excited for the future of the Detroit Lions franchise. And uh, the way Dan Campbell's got them trending, boys, I think they are going to be in the driver's seat of the NFC North for the years to come. Will they be winning it next year? Who knows? We don't, Maybe we will. Maybe they will be. Who knows? All I do know is that, you know, there was a team that also played that Sunday night game that was winning in <clears> – <throat> And they did neither of those things, boys. <laughs> neither. <laughs> neither of them did. Uh, What's that? You know. Uh, all right. So jump into it. Jump into it. Has, hey, has Owen, I got to ask, have you guys had your tears already? Did I miss the tears? No. You, you <laughs> did. Pre-pod, I, I, I guess did. you could say we, we Son of a gun. I guess the acceptance stage is here. Uh in the uh, stages of grief. But yep. uh we're still gonna have to go through that stage live in recording. Real quick, speaking of grief, how about this NFC uh NCAA championship game? What the hell is this? That uh, doesn't surprise me. TCU and... snuck into the dance and uh this is what happens. Mm-hmm. And don't belong, just like the Packers didn't belong in the playoffs. All right. Boom, boom. Uh, Let's on. talk. <clears throat> Let's talk. <laughs> you know, okay. Unbelievable. I'll, I'll, let me let me just – I'll just hit a couple headliners real quick. So what did you guys – you guys had the lead in this game for the first 
three quarters, right? Uh, majority of the game, we had a slight lead, but yes, lead. It was kind of that four do- fourth quarter letdown. Um, Goff kind of playing gosh, Goffish, you know, just no touchdowns, no picks. 225 yards, 224 yards, just just enough. Wow. That is, that is right. That is right. Anyways, uh, Jamal Williams, I mean, he throws in another two touchdowns, breaks the record for the Lions, Barry Sanders' record from got to be at least the early 90s, right? Um, you know, the one thing I will say, <clears throat> the Lions went into that game full well knowing that they were they had no chance in the playoffs. It was just to ruin the Packers' year, right? Which here's really the deal, was. Guys. Here's the deal. You can't even, like, really be that mad at it because you're in this situation, winning in situation, because of the whole 17 weeks before it that were a major letdown for most of it, right? Right? Right. Now, <clears throat> I think this game was probably more of a sign of things to come to where it's like, will it be Rodgers' last game? Are the Packers going to keep you in the top of the North? Are the Lions and the Bears going to start storming up? You know, it's it's almost too bad because, like, the Lions seem to have everything else going for them, but the question mark is quarterback. The Bears have the quarterback going for them, but the rest of the roster is a question mark. So it's like, which one of these two organizations is going to get it right first and really take off with it? And in the, in the midst of this, you have the Packers where it's like your Hall of Fame quarterback is possibly done, at least appears to be very, very close to it, right? I mean, you guys, at times this year, I think, Seth, you said it. There's been times that the – maybe – I can't remember I read this, actually, now that I think about it. At times, the Packers' defense looked like he was top five. At times, it looked like he was bottom five, you know? At times, the offense looked, I would say, top 15, not top five. But at times, the Packers' offense looked completely disarray. Like, there was nothing going in the right direction. And it's like, if you lose Rodgers – it's probably beneficial quicker than if you have him for another year. I mean, if I'm being completely honest, but he makes you competitive next year, but are you just this competitive where you end up being what you guys were eight and nine, you know, it you're not competitive, but you are competitive type of thing. You're borderline playoff team. So I don't know. I think this game is more of for the, the sadness of your seasons over. It's kind of a possible sign of the way the NFC North is going to go over the next five, 10 years. Jamie, you're not wrong. A lot, a lot of truth there. Had some time to think about it. Had a, about 24 hours now. 22 hours to be exact. Lions are definitely going to be something to fear in the years to come. Dan Campbell, it it ha- just has a totally different mentality for that team, and what it looks like. It. It's crazy what this team was two years ago to what it is now. I really wish Seattle would have lost that game so we could have seen Detroit in the playoffs. I would have loved that. As much as I don't want to say go Lions because they pushed us out, would have been cool to see Detroit in. With Green Bay, Owen and I had a lot of conversation on this pre-pod just because we had to let it out a little bit. It 
Roger's decision, which he'll make over the next probably month or two, he said it last night. He's not going to hold him hostage. You got to think by free agency time, by draft time at the latest, he'll have a decision. What Rodgers does is the direction this team goes in for the next several years. I think if Rodgers does return, I think it's it's a it's really a one and done. I think I really do think next year would be his last year if he does come back, which I ultimately think he does. She agrees. We know it. But if he doesn't, I think a lot of change happens. I think if he comes back, they try to obviously come back for one more. But if he doesn't come back, I think there's going to be a lot of veterans. If he comes back, do you just run it back? I, I think they do. Well, I, I, I think they're obviously they'll do whatever it takes to try for one more ring. If he doesn't come back, I think they make a lot of moves. And they start fresh is, and they start if, young. If he comes back, can this roster go to an NFC championship and lose? I so let me take this. <laughs> thanks, part. Ja- thanks, Jamie. All the young guys <laughs> gather one more year of uh you know preparations and practice, and there was a lot of experience had this year, as foreseen, uh, especially in the receiver room. So there's a lot of strides gonna be made in the in in the young guy department. Hopefully Quay Walker never gets thrown out of a game again. Hopefully he never pushes a trainer again. I mean, jeepers. Well, the, what a poor way to do that. Getting put. Yeah. The optics weren't, uh, weren't the greatest on that one, especially driving lions, driving down the field, put him in great position to get that last touchdown. Six minutes left in the, in the game. So that was awesome. Awesome to see. What you'll see, though, I think, is uh, organization's going to have a talk with Mr. Rogers. And it's, it's going to be – it's not so much as the, we're doing everything we can for the Super Bowl. We're, we're having to – we, we kind of slowly started the rebuild process already. And we're going to have to continue that in the background while still being competitive for a playoff spot. That's really – because it's no longer a Super Bowl window, quote-unquote. It's a – we're, we are for sure looking to make the playoffs. Um, so I just don't think you see any signings quite like Sammy Watkins, you know, coming into the new year. That was it's not, huge. So it's, it's just there's nothing like that that's going to happen. And especially for veterans, there's going to be a few veterans that are off this team coming into next year, whether Rodgers is here anyway. Uh, guys like Alan Lazard, Robert Tunyon, Randall Cobb. All decisions, it seems very unlikely that all three of those guys are, are back. Uh, there's a conversation that's going to happen about Bakhtiari. A few guys on the defense. It's going to be a weird, weird year, especially because they're already, you know, by the time free agency starts, they're going to be like 41 mil in the, ne- in the negative. So they're going to have a ways to go. But you still have guys like Rashawn Gary, Jair Alexander, Kenny Clark, some cornerstones that'll always keep you in that like middling to playoff range. So, um, no, it isn't going to be a run it back year, but it will be a. It's we'll gladly have you, Aaron. Just know we're going to keep pushing rookies. We're going to keep building young guys. Um, the Jordan Love conversation is obviously the big one. 
and we'll have plenty of the offseason to speculate on that. However, this game was no fun to watch. So uh, the sooner we can get past this, uh, I'll be a happier camper. I really I don't need to, to backtrack on this game anymore. Other than what I said before is Lions played smart. Lions played safe. And they won the game because of that. Obviously, they had a couple big trick plays. Other than that, Packers got in their own way. They had a couple big turnovers, some big miscues. You mentioned a few of them. In a close game like this, where it's decided by four points, those plays kill you. They killed the season. They killed the Packers. So I think say. you left the one big thing. Outside of that, the Lions were definitely motivated. I don't know how much you guys seen on Twitter of them like just trashing Rodgers about how yes. you can't lose to a team three times, blah, 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 blah. And uh, so, I, I mean, just skimming through Twitter and stuff like that. After the game, Lions coaching staff got into the visitor's elevator and one of their guys shouts, can't be losing to that team three times. A coach from the Packers elevator replied, real classy. Lions coaches, yeah, your quarterback said it as the elevator. What, when did he say that? I, I can't remember. It was I after. Can, oh, when Rodgers did? What does he mean? I I just I don't even remember the context of the, the quote. Which I don't really get it either because they only played the Lions twice. So it doesn't make sense to me. So I think he said it I'm, after the first time, after the first the game. The first loss. Yep. But I don't know. He must have been on some ayahuasca trip when he said that. Hey, so this is this is what I'll say. As watching my Eagles in 2017, it takes something little like that to motivate a team, and it can change everything. I mean, look at how the Eagles ran with the underdog thing, and they don't wear the dog masks, right? Like, they just ran with it. Um, you give you give a team that's coached by a guy like Dan Campbell or like Doug Peterson or Sirianni or guys like that motivational coaches or Tomlin, you know, somebody like that, they're going to run with it if you give them some billboard material. And, I mean, Rodgers did, and it come back to bite him in the ass the final week. But I mean, not to, I'm not trying to pick on Rodgers with this, but well, certainly because he, he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't like wrong at all. It's just the Lions were looking; they knew they weren't gonna. They knew it was unlikely that they would make the playoffs, but they still had a chance. Oh, and he wasn't he wasn't wrong, but it's the phrasing of the quote that comes across a little disrespectful to the Lions, is what I would say. Now, well, of course they're point, gonna be disrespected. You know, they have, you don't want to say that about anybody. I don't think many people quote it that way. Rodgers has got that kind of smug well, yeah, of course. attitude. Well, yeah, because you know, they quote him for sure. Yeah. No, no, no. I I watched the video earlier today because there was a whole Lions mock where they they literally had his quote and then it was like flashing like the records and how they were changing for, for the teams from that point. But uh, I mean, if you if you give a team like the Lions the way that they're coached, the way that everything goes on there. They're, it's going to fire him up. And it clearly did it, coming into the final game. And it, they also asked uh, Campbell before the game started, you know, he, they, you know, they said, you know, you guys aren't in, you guys aren't going to be in the playoffs because Seattle, blah, 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 blah. And they asked him what motivated for this game. And they were like, well, our one goal now is to keep the Packers out. Yeah, that was very so they, gamble. Yeah, uh, they had all the motivation and they, they did play like it. I, I'm not going to say that they were more motivated or wanted it more because the Packers had a shot to be in the playoffs, but they just uh, they just played better. 
simple, simple, it is. simple one, as it is. One thing I'm kind of, um, you know, looking for any bright side to, to poke at here is just like as, as an NFL fan, kind of happy that that performance, whether the even if the Packers won by three, I'm kind of glad that that season's performance didn't put him into the playoffs. Because that was kind of my worry with seven game or seven team, you know, playoffs on each side. It's just like how watered down does it get? You know, to what point are we just allowing teams in to keep expanding instead of actually rewarding? Oh, we did have a we, we did have a losing team win the division this year as well. We so. certainly did. No. Yeah, that was his quote. Yeah. You know, yeah. before three games, um, which is I was again. I, I think Seth, that you said it. I was hoping uh, the Rams were going to win that game against the Seahawks, and boy, it was close. Because um, I thought that the Lions actually might be a, a less dangerous team. <laughs> yes, honestly, they probably would have been. They probably would have been. It's they just, probably it, wouldn't have done that trick play at the end, where it seemed like we had them stopped dead to rights, and then he flips it at the last second and takes that. A, yeah, the fu attitude suits them. Uh, suits them well. Then more hundred percent better than any team in the NFL. That's for sure. Bad boys of Detroit. All right, uh, that that's it for this game. Cutting her off. Um, we'll have plenty of time to talk. Like Owen said, all off season though. The Rogers drama has just started. You're gonna have three three months of this for sure going forward. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jeremy. Wah, wah, wah. Jeremy, Eagles took Sad care of business against, oh, against the Giants. Yeah. <clears throat> secured the division, secured the first round by number one seed, all that good stuff. Obviously, not a lot into this game. Giants have rested a lot of starters. But, you know, I'll let you take the floor on this one. Oh, uh, Whatever you'd like to say, you know, Jalen coming back after a few weeks off. Now they get to rest for a couple weeks for the let big time stuff. This, Go ahead. I'm a peacock. You got to let me fly, okay? All right. Anyways, this is what I'll say. It was very clear from the jump of this game that the Eagles were extreme vanilla offense, which I don't even like to phrase it like that because I love vanilla ice cream, but – they were extreme vanilla offense. It was pretty clear, like, we're not going to show you anything just because of the playoffs coming up. Now, on defense, it wasn't quite that way. We got Robert Quinn back. We also got Chauncey Gardner-Johnson back. We actually rolled out with Gardner-Johnson in the slot with Maddox being out. So we put him in the slot. We left Blankenship back at safety, which I love because I, I think Blankenship is, like, a future starter. I think he's somebody that's going to be – in the lineup for a long time to come. I really like that guy. But um, this game, outside of the ramifications of, you know, winning the East, which, I mean, realistically, we would have won the East regardless because uh, the Cowboys lost. Um, Cowboys, yeah, the Cowboys lost. Yeah, they got killed. <laughs> That's right. I was just say I had to pull that up. Anyways, and then the one seed, which is huge. The buy is huge for the fact that Lane gets a little longer to try to heal up. Uh, Jalen gets a little longer to try to heal up. And I mean, at this point in the year, everybody's, I wouldn't say hurt, but everybody's injured in some, in some way. Right. So it's an extra week. Yes. Yeah. It's an extra week for everybody to kind of get, get their bearings. But, um, it was cool to see 
A.J. Brown and uh, Devonta Smith both break records for the Eagles. A.J. Brown breaking the yardage record for receivers. Smith breaking the reception record for Eagles for receivers. Uh, Ertz has actually got the receptions uh, for the Eagles total. But, no, I mean, there was one, if, if anything, on offense, there was the one where Jalen just trying to make a play, you know, and he throws a, a, a ball kind of just to anybody, and uh, it comes down in the Giants' hands. I will say – the Giants scoring 16 points is, I mean, good on Giants. It was a lot of, though, I mean, Davis Webb just making plays because the Eagles were in the backfield the whole damn game. And then they got to the point on the final, like, quarter where they started taking advantage because the Eagles were almost in, like, not quite a wide nine set, but they were just really spread out. And the Giants would take Brightwell and run them in a motion, which would take TJ Edwards out of the middle. And he had this big gap. And then Webb would come running up the middle, which – I'm sure the Eagles weren't really expecting that, but at the same point in time, I'm sure they weren't really giving a shit what Davis Webb did, you know, outside of, like, just lighting them the fuck up. But he didn't have a terrible game. He looks like a guy that could at least be a backup in the league, right? But, no, I will say I thought the defense, outside of a little bit of that stuff at the end of the game, looked pretty damn good. Um, I know as far as I remember final totals, we were, like, number one defense for yards and points or two for points, and then we are two away from breaking the sack record of the Bears at 72 or tying the record. I mean, the defense finished the season very strong. Um, as far as Jalen coming and knocking out some rust, kind of taking some load off of miles and stuff like that, it was a fair game. I mean, I'm not going to act like we came on, just blew him out. We had full control of this game at what felt like the whole time, right? The Giants kind of got a little bit of run in the fourth quarter. But as far as it goes, no, lock up the first uh, first round bye, lock up the one seed. Lock up the East. Um, I don't know if you guys seen it, but NFC East, every single year from 04, different person. Last time there was a repeat person that won it was 03, 04. Um, so I guess every year since 05, technically. But no, it's, uh, it's exciting times in Philadelphia. Now, what, get them what's all healthy. The, uh, yeah, I was there. Well, there you go. Lead it into it. What's the quick outlook on the uh, the playoff picture for Philadelphia? Get You get a week to rest. Well, you know, it kind of reminds me of 2017. I'm off that a little bit. I'm off that a little bit. <laughs> um, I'm off that a little bit because of the way the season ended, honestly. Um, I was trying to pull up the bracket here. Why, Man, let me tell well, you boys something. The NFL app sucks ass. I agree with that. I agree with that. I, I find a few others to go through. But I guess the outlook is you get you get the first week off, and then you come back. Barring any major upsets from the Giants and Seahawks, you're likely looking at the winner of the Bucks and Tampa Dallas. Yeah, which, by the way, Dallas came out the year. It would not surprise me if it's the Bucks that take that game. Um, Dallas look like, so. I guess this is the difference between my Eagles and Dallas. My Eagles look like a team at the end of the year that was playing reserved in the aspect of injuries and such especially coming into the Saints game. That game was like – and it bit them in the ass very clearly. It made it look ugly. Dallas, on the other hand – that's right, Reagan. Dallas, on the other hand, looks flawed at times. Like, with Dak with the pick six, you know, like how many weeks in a row? With the defense, like – there's points where the defense outside of, like, Micah and Lawrence kind of look like a liability. But um, I don't know. They they kind of look like a team flawed. But that's the thing is if you as you look at the NFC playoff picture – 
I would say that these teams are all super flawed outside of Philly and San Fran. And the thing about San Fran is it's how is Brock Purdy going to look when the lights are you know coming on in the playoffs. So that'll be interesting. You can say that same thing for Jalen. I mean, he's got one one playoff game under his belt. But, no, it's going to be an interesting year um, for playoffs. But uh, God, if I was – I mean, we'll get to it. But if I was a betting man, I mean, the upset of the week might be – I mean, Tampa wouldn't be that big of an upset to Dallas, but New York is going to be a tough matchup for the Vikings for sure. Now, I wouldn't be betting on New York's offense to really go off. That defense is nothing to scoff at. And the Vikings know how to lose games. Like, they know how to, like, keep games way too interesting. I shouldn't say lose them. The Vikings know how to keep games way too interesting going into the final quarter. So, uh, it'll be – I don't know. I guess Eagles playoff picture, if I'm being completely honest. I mean, do we want Dallas? I, I would love to play Dallas again in the playoffs. I would. I would, I would love that. Because uh, if we, we got finally Jaylen, get the Dak, Dak, Jalen matchup, which would be fun, very, very fun. Now, if it happens, we we are yet to see. But uh, no, I just that that week by will be huge, very, very huge. So you're not so you're not really sweating, over. not really sweating until you get to the championship, NFC championship. Probably San oh, Fran, maybe oh, a little lesser to an extent, Minnesota. I ain't I ain't sweating nothing. I ain't sweating nothing, Owen. All right. Okay. There you go. The quarterback, our quarterback in Philly is cool, calm, and collected. I don't know if you boys heard his speech after the game, but he, he's on a mission. He's a different cat, and I, I'm here for it. All right. Beautiful as always, Jeremy. We love we love your Eagles talk. Can't get enough of it. But I think it's time. Just a, just a thinly veiled layer of sarcasm right there. I know he's a hater. He's a hater. It is what it is. I just want to give one shout out real fast. So first of all, Dougie P, first year in Jack- in Jacksonville, same team as Urban Meyer for the most part, right? Takes them to the playoffs, wins the AFC South. What an OG move right there! I guess we're that talking guy, about the Jaguars, Seth. That's honestly where I was transitioning to, anyways. That's perfect. Go. That's so. Perfect. Jeremy read that's... my mind. Jeremy read my hey. mind. I just, you know, I'm not going to lie. Outside of, obviously, my Eagles, I want to see Doug Peterson make some serious noise over there. And I think he's got a real good shot at it going up against the Chargers. Um, as long as you can kind That'll of contain That'll be a Eckler, fun matchup. Because Mike Williams, that injury did not look good. I mean, so we'll we'll see. It was a back injury. Oops, excuse me. But um, long story short, as long as they can contain Eckler, they can make a game out of that, right? Now – the other thing I'll say is I, I've been kind of loving all of the, uh, the people that were poo-pooing the Jaguars at the beginning of the year. You know, you sign Christian Kirk, who's probably not even a top 30 receiver. You give Zay Jones all this money, and he's never had over like 500 yards. And Evan Ingram, but he can't catch him now. Look at all these guys, right? They all go off. They all have career years. And then you got, you know, ETN. You know, he goes for over 1,000 yards. Lawrence is starting to look like the guy he's supposed to be. And it's all because of Dougie P. Dougie Fresh, baby. He does it again. Wouldn't that be – that would be insane if he does that with Jacksonville. It really would be. There it is. It, Claps for Dougie P. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, let's jump to this Saturday night game. Uh, much better game than Sunday night. But, interestingly enough, uh, ended with the exact same score. 20-16. to 16, Jacksonville takes it. Obviously, over Tennessee. Tennessee made some coaching moves today. Uh, fired a bunch of 
coordinators and assistants. Offensive coordinator, I believe, is gone. Some assistants on the offensive side. So they're looking to revamp the uh, the offensive side of the ball, which is probably time that they do that. Anyways, um, this game, Jacksonville, you, you know, it's going to be tough to gauge what Jacksonville does in the playoffs because it's such a young team. And I think it kind of showed because it almost felt like the moment was too big for them. Even Joshua Dobbs was making plays against them. You know, Derrick Henry had, had some nice runs. Not a huge game by Henry, but good. Jacksonville's offense didn't really get it going too much until later. Uh, able to seal the game in the fourth quarter there. It, really, the defense did, but offense played a little bit better in the second half. Um, you know, defense makes a big play in the fourth quarter to to kind of seal the W. What do we make? What do you make of both of these teams? Tennessee obviously flounders after a great first half, and Jacksonville flips the script there. Oh, and let me roll first here because then I'm going to vanish for a couple minutes. Um, <clears throat> what do we got? Five. So this is that's when you're talking about the, the coaching movement. We got five open head coaching spots, right? Yeah. Three. We haven't gotten there yet. Um, we we haven't talked some of those firings. Obviously, we'll kind of go through them. But yeah, we had five five total. Yes. The only reason I even mentioned the head coaching's first, it's going to be interesting to see guys that get coordinator roles. Because, like for instance, there's a a real big need for a coordinator, an offensive minded guy in Tennessee. Right? There's a huge need for that. There's a huge need for somebody to come in and either make Willis a quarterback or turn Dobbs into a superstar or draft a guy. Right? Because Henry ain't going to carry that team forever. I mean, he's obviously been breaking down a little bit with the injuries and stuff lately, which was not something that happened to him. But, uh, no, that's definitely something that's got to give there. I think, you know, for everything Seth said about the Jaguars kind of taking off late in this game, they seem to be trending in the right direction. Similar to similar to the Lions, outside of the fact that they seem like they've got their guy at quarterback, or at least he's shown the flashes of it, right? But um, Oh, absolutely. He's going to be, you know. I think he, for, a, for a long he time, he's going to be a top five quarterback. Yeah, he super looks the part. It's just, you know, when you watch when you watch the, the Titans play football, it's like, man, Josh Dobbs actually looks like he could start, right? Now it's throwing the throwing the underneath pass at the end of the game to lose, you know, the game and end your season is not ideal. But, I mean, he's only played one three games. Um, but no, I mean, I, I'm not betting on him to be the guy for the future. So I'm absolutely not betting on Willis to be the guy for the future. And Tannehill has obviously, I mean, had better years and he's not getting any younger. So no, I think uh, as far as bringing an offensive-minded guy is going to be huge there. Um, you know, the head coach there has kind of got a similar thing to Dan Campbell where Vrabel's, you know, the motivator so he can get some kind of revved up every week. But now it's going to come down to the exits and all. It's like, can you – can you get the right game plan in with this offense? Because their offense super sputtered last year after uh, Henry went down. And now look at it this year. It was sputtering pretty much the whole year, it felt like. I mean, remember that first game when Willis came in and they had like 16 passing yards through, I think, three quarters? It was gross. And then Dobbs' first game starting, he's got more passing yards and a half than Willis did in two games of play. Like, it's like, come on, guys. you got to be able to at least scheme up something. Like, you know, but – they just don't seem to have that there. So, no, I think these are 
not to the extent of kind of what I said about the Packers and the Lions, but Tennessee's got to make the right move at offensive coordinator. And then, you know, at quarterback to really turn this into something. But Jacksonville, I mean, it feels similar to – I'm going to reference 2017, Seth. It feels similar to the Jaguars of 15 to 17, right? But they're built more to sustain the success. Blake Bortles was not a guy you looked at and you're like, God, he's going to be good for a long time. That defense was kind of like – it seemed like a flash in the pan and then it had a blow up, right, because everybody's pissed off about Blake getting paid. But – it seems more sustainable now. And plus Doug Peterson's got a lot better of a, you know, reputation than Doug Barone. So I think the Jaguars, they could really turn over it to be the class of the AFC South here. That would be, that'd be fun to watch. You know, they kind of like the early two thousands when they were really good with Brunel. Be a little bit, di- a little bit different style team. Uh, it, yeah, than it Mark would be. Brunel, Fred Taylor, Jimmy Smith, John Henderson. Yeah, I mean, probably not quite the guys like, I mean, maybe you never know. It could turn into something like that. I mean, I don't, I don't like to compare anybody to Freddie T because that dude's an all timer, right? Uh, but you had Keenan McCardell was there too. But they could definitely have some sort of offensive success like that. And if Lawrence keeps on taking these steps, I mean, the sky's the limit. If you if you got a quarterback, especially in a, a division that's always a dumpster fire like the AFC South, if you got a quarterback, man, you could turn into the Colts of the late '90s and early 2000s with Manning. You know, you could just be running this division for a long time. So. No, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. Yeah, I would say definitely look out in the next couple of years as uh, Trevor Lawrence's rookie contract starts coming to a close. Uh, the last year or two of that could be special in Jacksonville, depending on what they can garner out of the free agent trade market and drafting. Obviously, uh, but look out! That looks like could be a Cincinnati style team. What are you thinking, Seth? That a little bit overrated. Jacksonville, Overrated. yeah. Uh, I Cincinnati, obviously better, not no question. But I'm just saying, you know, with once we get into these last couple of years of his contract, that's the that's the window right there. It is, it it is. I mean, it's kind of proven over the last couple of years. Um, you know, a couple of teams, L.A. The Rams sold their soul to the devil for Super Bowl last year, and they're paying for it now. Oh yes. Um, but Jacksonville, regardless if they make any noise this postseason or not, this is going to be a good team for years to come. As long as Lawrence continues his trend upwards. Peterson's Dougie P, guy. Yep. Yeah. That deep, uh, this team is loaded with young talent. I just think it's too young for the moment right now. Sure. Like I said, it kind of it almost showed that against Tennessee on Saturday. For the most most of the game, yeah. And now they have to play the Chargers. This is also Herbert's first time in the playoffs, so it's going to be a new experience for all of them. But um, that might be my favorite game of the weekend, Chargers-Jacks. Yes, I would uh, Not to get ahead of ourselves too much, but. Definitely uh, looking out for that wild card matchup, and especially, it, you know, Jaguars took it to them in week three. Won like 40-something to nothing or 10-something, 14-something. like something. I don't know, something like that. It was yeah. a lot to a little. It was. And uh, I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'd almost be surprised if the Jaguars weren't favored by a point or two. Um, I guess those lines are probably out. I should probably take a look, huh? They probably are because it's in Jacksonville. So I'm assuming Early they are lines. favored slightly. 
I think it also depend on those Chargers injuries, what that'll look like. Yeah, I mean, you know, Jeremy mentioned it. The back Mike Williams back injury is. Uh, I heard Bosa as well also went out. He he never. Maybe that was just precautionary. I don't really know. Probably, probably, and then Keenan Allen was in there way too long as well for a guy who's been hurt on and off for years. Um, Chargers open as. A, one and a half point favorites on the road at Jacksonville. That's surprising. That is surprising for sure. There it is. All right. Let's keep her moving. Let's stay relevant. Let's go to Sunday noon. Obviously, probably the other one of the other big games on Sunday. A very emotional game. Very, I don't want to say historic, but eh, kind of historic in what happened during the game unprecedented that's for sure unprecedented i'm talking buffalo and new england the bills and the patriots in a a bit of a barn burner sunday obviously naheem 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 hines (laughs) i think i was combining his first and last name you were uh he takes opening kickoff for touchdown and people are like well this game is fixed you know that stuff don't happen did you see that? Like right after the opening kick, people were like, well, we know how this game's going to go. <laughs> a little bit. There's a little bit of that. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I, I I get it, but I don't think they would. Um, And then he takes one back later in the third quarter as well. Crazy. First time, I can't remember. It's been a long time since it's happened twice in one game. Obviously, that really electrified the Bills. Bills take care of business, shut down the Patriots, who were fighting for a playoff spot. Josh Allen looked good. Bills looked good overall. Going to be a very tough team in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the probably the toughest out in the entire, you know, in the, in the entire tournament, both sides. Offense is explosive. Defense is stifling. They just near tragedy has turned into like uh, in immediate bolt, especially with the opening kickoff. It's just like yeah, you can nothing just ride but, that, ride those emotions for another month. Nothing but good news too. He got released from the hospital today on Monday. He's back home. So uh, nothing but good news there, which is it's great to hear. The report was that he. Um, set off all the alarms in his hallway um, at the UC Medical Center. Did he? Because he jumped out of his bed once uh, Naeem Hines returned that initial oh. kickoff. Wow. He was freaking out. And everyone I did not hear that. Sit down and, yeah. <laughs> uh, so good for him, good for DeMar, good for the Bills. Very good for the Bills. Um, because, I mean, yeah, like you said, it was it was a tough game for sure. Um, still, you know, the kickoff returns are one thing, but it still just felt like there was this, uh, extra level the bills had and the Patriots just couldn't keep up with. No, not exactly. You know, in the, in the offensive troubles that they've been dealing with all year are kind of, you know, point A and B of that point A and B of that issue. So expect, uh. A lot of coaching changes in New England. Bill Belichick just came out today 
and announced he would be back for his uh 72 year old <laughs> return. His seventy um, second season is head coach. Yeah, right. Seventy second year in life in twenty fourth year as uh, head coach uh, of the Patriots. Yeah, I think yeah, twenty fourth year as head coach of the Patriots, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, and he was in Cleveland for a couple years, and then, yeah. Um, I guess the biggest question, you know, other than offensive coordinator position for the Patriots, who they really haven't had all season, is what do they do with Mac? That's the biggest yeah. question mark heading into the off season. Is is Mac the answer? Is not having a consistent offensive mind at the helm hurting his development which you got to think it is i i believe that yeah i do so you think Um, they just they bring in somebody and i i've heard reports earlier on that bill o'brien is kind of the favorite there mm -hmm, sure do you think bringing in one guy instead of having two or three guys you know doing whatever they were doing one guy helps with that I mean, unless the offense, I, I was always going to think that unless the offense came out and like surprised a lot of people. Um, but no, I think that whatever weird dynamic they had with Patricia and Judge, I think should go away in some form or fashion. And Joe Judge was the special teams coordinator. Um, I'm sure they have somebody on staff, but I just don't know why you don't put Judge back into that role if if he's there at all. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, and then Patricia is a as an i mean great experiment i guess to figure it out but i mean he's he only ever succeeded as a defensive guy in new england correct um, yeah and i forget who's the defensive coordinator currently in new england it's his kid um, that's right steve belichick and you know yep. i mean he's been doing great high fives yeah, they're yeah. high-fiving on the sideline all the time and the defense has really carried their uh carried their season they end i think they end eight and nine as well right um, with this loss um so he's staying and then uh yeah gerard mayo who seemed to be the defensive coordinator in waiting is now going to be a defensive coordinator somewhere else almost certainly it will be already yep. being uh request for interviews um so there's gonna be a lot of coordinator shifting going on patriots certainly are gonna be a big part of that um in and out the one the one idea that was laid out uh and it's really up to this to the gentleman because he has a lot of money and he really doesn't need to coach ever again. He could just sit on his ass and do TV or something. But Cliff Kingsbury was let go today. The idea was that he would be brought in to be the Patriots offense. Oh, sure. And then air, new heir apparent uh, head coach. The new the one, huh? The next one? The next Josh McDaniels? When Bill Belichick turns to 82. And Bill uh, Cliff is just turning fifty. Um, there's your new head coach. I I think the Patriots have turned into more of like a, a sovereign rule. It'll be it'll be Bill, obviously Bill currently, and then it'll be Steve, and then it'll be Tom next. Tom coming back? No. Tom Tom Belichick will be Bill Belichick's grandson because you know he's gonna have some some white boy name out there. Okay, I thought you Bill were and say, Bill uh, and Steve and uh, you know <laughs> something else. Robert, there it is. 
Yeah, it, I thought you were talking Tom Brady. I thought he was coming oh, back. Oh, no, no, gosh, no, no. I, yeah, it's just going to be down. It wouldn't surprise me if, if Steve Belichick is the next head coach. They hand it down to him. Why don't you check if uh, if he's got any kids? Uh, that'll be that'll be my betting line. Check well. it now. Thirty years from now. Um, uh, I'm I'm curious. I, Cliff Kingsbury. That's interesting to see. Uh, you would think he'd get some kind of, obviously not for for head coach, but probably offensive coordinator. Um. As we kind of transition away from this game, oh, and I don't know if you heard it today, not to jump back too much. Um, you know, they asked Matt LaFleur about a certain former head coach as well, Nathaniel Hackett. If there is any communication or any thought on a potential return to Green Bay and the gold zone, and he said, well, we've had conversations, and I have thought about it. Quickly, what do you think about that, a potential return of Hackett to Green Bay? You know? Yeah, like you said, it was a uh, – or I guess I, it was a combo question, basically. It was. Have you ever thought about giving a play calling? Have you ever thought about Nathaniel Hackett returning to do that? And he, and then, simply put, LaFleur is like, I've entertained all of that. And, yes. Um, it's unfortunate because that's probably really what, at least what he thought, what probably what he sold himself as as a head coach was, you know, play caller slash head coach, right? I can do it all. Clearly what you're finding out of the last four years, especially in the last two, I would say, um, is that it seems to be a little too much for the man, which stinks, I, right? It stinks. It, it does, but... In reality, it's probably best that your head coach is not also your play caller. Because even if they are an offensive mastermind and a guru, and I, I do think LaFleur is. I think he is a, a very talented offensive head coach. But you're not just the offensive guy. Like You have to control the entire team. A little bit of a tangent here. But I think McVay is also finding that out in, in L.A. He is their play caller. And look at what they did this year. Cliff Kingsbury, play caller in Arizona. Didn't go well. I think it's too much. Maybe it works for a period of time when all the pieces are perfectly in place. Sure. But when things start to fall apart, pieces start moving. You kind of got to step away from that and, and, and focus on the team. And that's what he said. LeFleur said that, coming back to that, is... He said he would do what's best for the team. If if it's what's best for the team to to step away from play calling duty, then he he would. I I, I just think it's too much. I think it's too much for that to happen. Yeah, I get it. Um, but I'm just trying to think of like where that's been successful in the past. Obviously, McVeigh, like we talked about. Um, I think the biggest like kind of the gold standard of play caller head coaches probably probably talking Kyle Shanahan and uh, yes at San Francisco in San Francisco doing great right now it's kind of a continuation when it really kind of hit its stride is it was Kyle Shanahan at head play caller then he had Mike McDaniel he had Matt uh not Matt LaFleur Mike LaFleur kind of it was like a triangle of you know 
assistant coaches yeah. to you know Shanahan being the you know the decision maker, obviously, but. And that's what Lafleur had for the first couple of years, and maybe that's why they were so successful, because they had Hackett, they had Stenovich, they had Luke Getzey, Getzey, like that perfect combination. True, but then uh-huh. the more important part of it, though, is you had a guy like Robert Sala as your defensive coordinator, who was already a head coach brain at the time. He was able to police that side of it. He wasn't. There wasn't, and in, I'm sure, I'm absolutely sure Shanahan has like a good handle on like the whole team in general as a head coach. But it was just like little things you didn't have to worry about as much. And look what we have in Green Bay. And who, <laughs> who came out today and mentioned, hey, um, not likely that we see Joe Barry removed as at his current role. I actually don't see many staffing changes happening with the coaching staff when he's, he's literally, he's in it's, it might be incidental, but he's almost laying out these points as to why the coaching staff should be shuffled a little bit. Right. But then he keeps blaming himself and it's like, okay, how much can you really do though? And I guess that um, goes back to the play calling potentially shifting. Who Remind me who's San Francisco's DC right now. And that's like a, yeah, like you mentioned, so it was Salah. He got hired, obviously. And then it's uh, Raheem Morris. Or no, no, no. D'Amico Ryans. Sorry. Who Raheem will, Morris is Rams. He, uh, Ryans will probably be getting a, a head coaching offer this offseason as well. Most likely. He, his name was thrown out there last year. And how good and dominant the Niners defense has been this year, you would think somebody will give him a shot. Um. Just a quick sum up. We've gotten lost here, but yeah, we just delved into head coaches. That's for sure. <laughs> Hack it to Green Bay. Does that help anything or not? I don't see it hurting. I mean, sure, it it might be viewed as a what the hell are you doing hire for any other team, but we already knew it worked in Green Bay for the past two years. So it's or three years, I guess. So um, I think that's the one place he can really comfortably come home to, quote unquote. And, yes. uh, you yeah. know, the, everyone would welcome him back with open arms, I'm sure. Yeah, 100%. Okay. All right. Enough of the tangents. We've got a little bit of time left. Let's let's run through a few more games. Speaking of the West, I know we've touched on it a bit. Seattle, L.A. Obviously, we've we've mentioned this game a little bit because Seattle did win. Put themselves in position for playoffs if the Packers lost Sunday night. Of course, Packers lost. Seattle is your seventh seed making the playoffs at nine and eight. Rams end a disastrous season, five and 12. You know, a lot happening there. Like we mentioned too, Sean McVay might be the next coach, quote unquote, out, depending on how things go there could be some major changes but seattle is still alive how much without getting into the game next week seattle um in san francisco how how much of a threat do you think seattle really is in the playoffs uh, let's just see what uh what did seattle do against san francisco 
um, so far this year. The initial week two matchup. At Both games Niners, were not good. Lost 27 to 7 recently, a few weeks ago at Seattle, lost 21 to 13. They didn't get dominated, right? They didn't get 30 points put up on them. The defense held up decently well. And then that's what they're really hoping for here is this in a star studded performance from uh, Geno Smith and DK Metcalf and Kenneth Walker, which is possible. It's uh, quite possible. Um, but I just, uh, you know, they made it. They made it to the dance. Congrats to them. Here's your reward. The <laughs> most stifling defense in all of football. Yes. Uh, and a emerging offense with Brock Purdy, of all people, at the helm as well. Of course, you know, they did it against Arizona. So, you know, not a lot there. But still, Brock Purdy, look, Brock Purdy has looked pretty good. Hey oh. Um without getting into that game next week too much, Seattle, like you said, will have to ball out on offense because their defense. This this team kind of reminds me of the Vikings. Good offense, bad defense. That's kind of what Minnesota had. Good offense, bad defense. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Jeremy, we're just finishing up the recap. Welcome back. Got a, a little bit of time left. A little bit of time. Um, we're, we're talking Seattle, L.A., the Rams, of course, with Seattle jumping in. Um, my question to Owen was, how much of a threat is Seattle actually for the playoffs? I I would say so God, I gotta pull it up again. I sent the picture to you guys actually. Honestly, so as I look at both sides, I think in the NFC I really think it's it's like it lays out. The one, two, and the three. So one and two on both sides, NFC and AFC, are the real threats to the Super Bowl, I feel like, right? Now, coming in at the three spot on both sides, the Bengals and the Vikings are both right there for, I mean, obvious reasons in Cincinnati. They were there last year, right? Um, if not for the way, which actually, real quick, um, the safety Hamlin out of Buffalo released from the hospital today. So, yes. big news there. Yep. But yeah, big news there. But no, as far as if other if, if not for that game, the Bengals could be the two seed right now, right? If not for that game. Um so I feel like on the AFC, one, two, and three definitely are all – they all have a shot to the crown. Now, on the NFC side, I think the Vikings are – they've kind of been that meh type of team, you know, for being in such a high spot the whole year. But outside of that, I would say both seven seeds on both sides I think could definitely make some noise. The thing about it is – Seattle's got their shot to make the most noise in the first round of the playoffs because they know the, the 49ers so well, right? Now, do we got it? Have Did San Fran win both of those games this year? This they year? did, yeah. Owen, Owen recapped it. They, they won comfortably both times. There is a statistic, and I don't have it in front of me, but I remember they were saying if the Eagles would have swept the Cowboys and then played them in the playoffs, there is a statistic in the NFL – for teams that sweep a division rival in the season, how often they lose in the playoffs to them, right? 
Yeah. Now, I would say, like I said, I think of almost any year, it feels like the two seven seats have a really good shot to make some noise this year. We all know the Dolphins can be as dangerous as anybody on offense. Now, they also have the defense to really play well. And that's the craziest part about this is, like, on both sides of this, you know, you have Seattle, San Fran, divisional rivals. Then on the AFC side, you have the Dolphins, Bills, and then the the Bengals and Ravens playing two weeks in a row, you know, just yeah. wild. But I, I honestly think Seattle has a really good shot to make some noise because what if it was to be that there's two upsets in the NFC side, right? You have Seattle beating San Fran and then the Giants beating the Vikings, which doesn't seem that out of the norm, right? That, that seems like a possibility this year as well as any. Seattle could beat the Giants the second round of the playoffs. Like there's no doubt in my mind they could, right? Now, if Seattle beats – San Fran, I think they get the Eagles then, correct? Ooh. Yes. Is yes. that Because it immediately goes to the bottom yes. seed of the one, right? Yep, 100%. So that yep. would be – that. that's the trouble, though, I guess. So now I, I had to put that out because I'm looking at the bracketing, and it's not You know, there. I agree. Seattle probably could beat Philly second round. No, they couldn't. Um, <laughs> Gino would look – he would look to his liabilities significantly. But, um, no, I think – I think the, the seventh seed on both sides of this have – a really good shot at it. I mean, it's all going to come down to if Brock pretty shows up for the lights, you know, I mean, if this guy comes out and falters real bad, that would be that'd be bad. But I mean, Seattle's got a pretty well-rounded team and Pete Carroll's been there many times. You know I mean? He's done, been there, done that. So uh, one cool thing, Gino breaking the all-time passing record for the Seahawks a season. That's pretty neat. But um, no, I would say they let him cook. They really did. They let Geno cook. That's been a while since you've seen a quarterback cooking in uh, Seattle. But, um, no, I think, um, yeah, I'll just reiterate it. They got a real good shot at it, I feel like. Yeah, I, if if the offense has played, offense plays his way it did the first half of the season and the defense takes a step up, they, they, they could be a real danger. But like you said about Brock Purdy in the playoffs, Gino's never really been in the playoffs before either. He's also going to play under the lights, something he's never done before. But it will be entertaining. Will be entertaining nonetheless. All right. I think I think that's enough of this. I do want to jump into something else before we do our top five, our final top five, Jeremy. Just a heads up. Top, final top five this week. So prep the list, but I do want to go into a couple head coaching firings that we didn't really touch on with the recap is, and traditionally the day after the regular season is not a good day for a lot of head coaches. Shouldn't say a lot, but a handful. That's what it's called. But this year it was pretty small. Only two head coaches fired. Was it seven last year? I think. I think oh. six or seven. I I think so. Yeah, that sounds on right. On the day, on the day, or in general. I know Urban got fired midseason. I don't remember if anybody else did. I was just gonna say because there's five total and three were already done by the time we got. So it was just what was it, Lovey and Cliff today, right? Cliff over the or Lovey over the weekend, and then Cliff today with their GM stepping down. I don't know if you saw gotcha. that. Um, but yeah, other other than that, you know, um, Jeff Saturday, um, uh, yes, for sure him. 
I guess he counts. Uh, yeah, so I suppose. Who who was their coach? Wow, flanking Frank there. Frank Reich from Indy. Yep. Um, Matt Rule from Carolina, and then Nathaniel. Nathaniel Hackett from Denver with Cliff and Lovey today or this over this weekend. Out of those five spots currently with Sean McVay as a question mark that we kind of touched on, out of those five spots currently, which one's the most appealing? If you were a head coach waiting, what 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 would be your best choice? Good question. Because there's not like a – I don't see like a number one clear like um, this is the job to get over the offseason. Yeah, you got Carolina, yep. Indy, Denver, uh, Arizona. Well, I said Seattle. Arizona and, and Houston. Houston. Yep. Um, it feels silly. Um, I guess it depends on what – what you're looking for if if it's a young head coach you're probably coming in looking at like the Houston Carolina job to be honest um uh, Houston a lot of young pieces a lot of draft picks well, unfortunately the number 2 draft pick um <laughs> thanks to Lovey Smith on his way out his final parting gift to Cal McNair um and Chicago then, his former stomping grounds he did it for Chicago clearly um and then Carolina at least is it feels like a solid roster. I mean, there's been mistakes had for sure there. It's just like I feel like Denver, sure you got your quarterback and you got some pieces, but I feel like the trade package, you're gonna be down a year and the and the cap is up there. So you're kind of locked into Russell. It depends. That feels like a Jim Harbaugh spot to me, is Denver. Um that kind of feels like a match made in hell. But uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> feels like it might happen. Uh, so I guess, and then that, then there's Arizona. I, they feel like because they they made the playoffs last year, right? Uh, I think they mm-hmm. I think they snuck in and then got torched, or did they get torched on the play in game? Maybe that's what I think saying. they got torched on the play in game because Kyler got hurt last year too, didn't he? He did second half of the season kind of deal, and that's when their downfall happened. So that's the thing is like you just I mean the Kyler mess, maybe there's more being said about it than that that's really there. But uh, they came out t- today and said Kyler will have a a decent hand in picking. Hand picking last time they played, coach. Not to interrupt you. Last time they played was 2021 wild card, and they got beat by the Rams 34 to 11. So they did make it, but got torched. <clears throat> yep. Um, I mean, and then you come down to Indianapolis, it's like you're probably trading some of your good pieces at that point. Sure. You probably have Jonathan Taylor, but look out. I mean, Shaq Leonard, Quentin Nelson, some of those lesser um, star veterans, they're probably clearing out some space to get some picks and trying to rebuild. And cause they're going to come up with a new quarterback. They tried to rent a quarterback for three straight years. Nothing there. Uh, I have to imagine priority one is picking a quarterback with their top pick this year building around them so i don't know it's really like you could go a lot of ways it depends on what you're looking for i guess you know do you want a quarterback that's proven or do you want to draft your own do you want to come in with some in a rebuild and try to bring them out or do you want to go into a team that is on the verge of floundering unless you 
make something of it. It's, I don't know. I don't love any of them. I'll tell you that. Fair enough. If I had to pick one, twist my Sean arm. Payton. I don't think Sean Payton's coming out this year. Probably but not. If you twist my arm and I had to, had to take one. God, I really think the. I think the Broncos or the Panthers are the best. Just the simple fact of like, you can't imagine if, if you're a believer in Russ, you can't imagine he's going to do this two years in a row, right? But they're also, if Russ is to go away, probably the closest, like a quarterback away, right? Because that defense is great. Like that defense is low. Russ ain't going away. There's too much in that contract. But yeah, no, I agree. But if, if it did come down to that, like. Sure. Yeah. I would say probably Denver and the Panthers are the one and two that would probably be the best looking. Then I would say three, if not two, depending on how you look at it, is the Texans because of that draft capital that they finally got back. And I mean, you got pieces there, Stingley, Pierce, like there's guys that have popped up. Um, The only thing about the the Texans is, oh, hey, they fired the last two coaches one year in, you know? So it's like, do you really trust this? I'm I'm actually really curious who they end up with because like who's going to want to deal with that ownership? It seemed like a mess for the last like It seemed like an an early favorite in the clubhouse was uh, former Texans linebacker D'Amico Ryans. I would like to see that. I would like to see D'Amico finally get his shot. I think the worst of all of them is the Cardinals. I think J.J. Watt retiring is kind of a sign that something's not totally right there. Yeah, I mean, because he can clearly still play, right? Now, it could be, coming from the podfather himself, it could be because he's got a young kid, and, hey, he wants to go do his dad thing, and he is, what, 33? Maybe. He's 33. I would – yeah, he's 33. I would say – I think he's at the end of his contract, to be honest. So, I think he is retiring mainly kid, but also the heart issue that came up over the year. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear you. But I, I do I put a, agree with you still. I put way too much thought into the J.J. Watt thing today, right? And I've been pretty critical of that guy over the years just because I think he he's too good at finding a camera and looking way too much like a cheese ball like Russell Wilson. Yeah. But, I mean, at the <laughs> – Hey, what are you saying power, about Wisconsin guys? Careful. At the – at the peak of J.J. Watt's powers, he's a top three defender ever, like for sure in my mind, right? At the peak of his powers. And and you guys remember it. I thought he should have been MVP that year that Aaron won it, and he took, took two. I thought it should have been him. And I – like that would have been huge for uh, defenders in the NFL. But I think that does signal a little bit there. And, I mean, it makes you wonder what, what kind of happens here because I can't imagine this Kyler thing is going to go down well. And then you got like Hopkins, like he wants to go play on a winner, you know. Some of these clearly Patrick Peterson's made it very well known, like how people feel about Kyler Murray there, right? So I would say the Cardinals, it's funny because I pulled it up and they're listed as two, like the second best option. And uh they've got the Panthers as one. I think the the Cardinals is not a good spot to go to. And then the thing about the GM leaving on his own, that dude had all of like the alcohol and driving stuff going on the last yeah. so many coaches. So I think that's a bad one to jump into. I'd um, just to keep it short. I'd probably take Carolina because uh, I think there's some good young talent there, especially on the defensive side, and they still have DJ Moore. And I think Foreman and and Hubbard make a good, good, good pieces in the backfield. There, you just got to find a quarterback, a consistent quarterback that they haven't had since Cam Newton's glory days in the mid 2010s. 
You know, that's the last time, you know, that's when they went to the Super Bowl. Carolina's a good one. It'd probably be Carolina for me if if I had Houston. Oh, I'm kind of like following where you are. These young teams that have some kind of talent, you know, you can rebuild there a little bit. A year or two Denver's away, feels yeah. yeah. Denver's too much of a mess. Arizona's too much of a mess. Exactly. And then the the other thing with Denver is you're locked into at least two more years of Russell Wilson before you can reasonably uh, move on. So you're banking on him being good again. The thing is, if you have to, if you get there and you have to wait two years, um, all your studs are either moving on. You know, if they see what's going on, they might not even you're not guaranteed to re-sign them, like Patrick Sertan, Jerry Judy, correct? You know, Javante Williams, all your good dudes, and uh, so you might have lost your window waiting for Russ to be good again. So it's like yep. you know, I think we're on the same page there. Yeah, hundred percent. All right. Very good, very good. Fun little game there. Who would you take? All right. It's time now for our final top five A and B. We will we will do our winners sometime here over the next week or so. Maybe on Thursday if we can if we can prep enough. Uh we'll do our, our winners, MVP, you know, all that good stuff. I'll recap what we did at the beginning of the year and see where we see where we land. But regardless, let's jump into it. Our final top five A and B for the year. Let's see if there's uh, any movement from the last couple weeks. Overall, it's been very consistent. Uh, you know, some change, some 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 big games over the weekend. You know, playoff teams, non-playoff teams. See where we sit. I'll start because it kind of feels customary for myself to to lead off this the shebang. As I always say, if you ain't first, you're last. So, might as well go first. You might as well, Seth. 5B. I had... This one's tough. I had four for sure. I had four locked in. I had three teams vying for that final two spots. And I'm still... I'm still looking at it, and I just... I. I, I want to put all three in, but I can't. So I already made an exception to the rule, and I added a B to the A. Did you? I'm not going to add a C to the B. So here we go. 5B. Fresh off a disappointing loss on Sunday, heading into the playoffs with a chance to be the number one seed and the NFC East division winner. Instead, loses to Sam Howell, of all quarterbacks. I have the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not sure what happened on Sunday. Probably their worst performance of the year. Not a good way to go into the playoffs. Big Mike over there is going to have to smash some watermelons again or something to head into the playoffs just to get some extra motivation. Get some life. Yeah, exactly. So I have the Cowboys at 5B. I still think this is a very good team, a very talented team. But now we are getting into playoff season. And they don't always fare too well in these moments. Big Mike obviously has had a lot of success in the playoffs with in Green Bay, winning Super Bowl, obviously. Uh, so we'll see if he can repeat that with Dallas. I 
wouldn't hate Dallas winning the Super Bowl just because of Big Mike. I know Jeremy would. That look said it all. Uh, but you have your love for Dougie Fresh. I have my love for Big Mike. He also brought us the Super Bowl. Like Former Super Bowl winning head coaches of our favorite teams. Certainly. Certainly. Um, yeah. So anyways, 5B Dallas. Uh, th- let me, before I continue, let me throw out my first off was Jacksonville. Oh. Damn. Jacksonville. Jacksonville at seven for me. This team is hot. We talked about it. This team is good. I think they are personally better than their nine and eight record says, especially the last half of the season, the run that they went on. Um, This is going to be a dangerous team. It's just the youth that kind of scares me a little bit, but it's a dangerous team. 5A. I have the LA Chargers. For the first time since probably week two or three that I've had the Chargers on my top five. Wow. The Chargers are dangerous. They're healthy. Justin Herbert, one of the best throwers of the football in the league. A top five preseason defense that is now healthy for the most part. Not 100%, but better. A... Mostly healthy offense. We'll see what the Mike Williams injury kind of comes out to. Hopefully not super serious. But if this offense is firing in all all cylinders, it's up there with Buffalo, with KC, with Philly, if they're firing in all cylinders. it's That's a great offense. Cincinnati as well. Chargers are going to be dangerous. That's why I said before, Jacksonville, L.A., Chargers, division, or, well, uh, wild card weekend, that's going to be my favorite matchup to watch. Four, I know you guys will have this team higher. You have for the last five weeks of the season. I'm not ready yet. Not ready yet. I have the San Francisco 49ers at four. Oh, and this boy about to roll and not have the Vikings on this list. You understand that? And they shouldn't. They there's shouldn't. a different there's a different team I'm worried about, actually. So, to be honest, <laughs> there's a different team he doesn't have on his list that I'm concerned about. But I, I'm ready to get there. Oh wow! You know what? I just realized that. Oh, I was gonna say I was I was tracking it down. I was like, there is one glaring. Um, wow, good catch! How did I not notice that until right now? <laughs> I didn't. Now, to be fair, you there's, four. You there's four? four options. This could be. Oh my I'm god! Pretty yeah. sure of one that I know you missed. I'm looking All at right. my list now. I'm realizing because they're right in a row for me. Yeah. All right. Let me adjust. Okay. Oh, so okay. on the okay. fly, Minnesota Cow- Vikings. Cowboys get yeah right. Cowboys get knocked off your list. Cowboys get knocked off my list. I almost want to knock the Chargers off. I know something about the Cowboys just wants me to keep them on, but I'm not. Yeah. I'll keep it. Keep it to the list. Knocking the Cowboys off. Chargers five B, Niners five A. Bengals at four. There it is. Well, there we go. Wow, how did I miss the Bengals out of all I, that? It would have been so it would have been a hot take, but I wouldn't have like totally hated it. I was just surprised. But no, this feels we, yeah, it feels like you corrected an error. 
Bengals, uh, Bengals, one hundred percent need to be on this list. Like, Seth got know. lost up in his hatred for putting the Vikings on this list and blanked out a team. Like that's pretty clear. <laughs> that He's like, I can't put the Vikings on this, and then he you can't the put the Vikings on this list, Jeremy. I know you will because you love to hate on me. You're gonna put the Cowboys on this list, but not the Vikings. That doesn't even. Are make you sense. kidding? Are you serious right now? I'm dead serious right now. Ridiculous. One of those teams anyways. is a, a better than the other. But anyways. Exactly. Exactly. And it's not the one in Texas. <laughs> Minnesota, stand by. I, I think Detroit. I won't, I won't say what I was going to say. Detroit's probably the best team in the NFC North, even though Minnesota won the division. Take, you said it yourself, take. Jeremy. You said it yourself I'll earlier. the future, you sicko. Future is now, Don't put words in my mouth. Future is now, old man. <laughs> Future has to Anyways, Cincinnati at four for me. Okay. Up there, like I said, mentioned just with the Chargers, a very dangerous offense. Let me come back to the Niners. I'm I'm lost now. Niners at five. Yep. It's Jeremy said it. I said it earlier with Jacksonville. It's Brock Purdy under the lights. How will that fare? He won't have to do much. He just he might be better than Jimmy G. They might be better with him at the helm than Jimmy G at the helm because they win despite Jimmy G, and they don't need Jimmy. They want Jimmy G to throw the ball as least amount of times as possible. It's evident because it's happened before. Brock Purdy, he's out there slinging it, and he looks good. Playoffs is a different atmosphere, so we'll see. But easily the Niners could be one or two. I've seen them all over the list in in different people's rankings. For the Bengals, just because I I do trust them more. They've been they've been in this position before. They were in the Super Bowl last year. That defense looks good. Offense is flying high. Bengals are dangerous. Three, I have the Chiefs. They look good on Saturday against a helpless Raiders team. They finally got their blowout win that they've been looking for all season. Pat Mahomes secured his MVP claim for the season. Jalen Hurts definitely did not after his performance on Sunday. Jeremy's given me 16 thumbs downs. Chief, or Chiefs at three. Eagles at two. <laughs> That time I need to make sure it's as well. So. <clears throat> Bills at one. Bills are the complete team with the unquestioned best player in the league. <laughs> unquestioned. Let complete me recap team, huh? my list real quick. 5B, the Chargers. 5A, the Niners. 4, the Bengals. 3, Chiefs. Eagles, 2, Bills, 1. I was really surprised you didn't forget the Bengals that time. <laughs> My top three hasn't changed for quite some time. Bottom three have Owen. moved. Owen, I'll go next. All right. Because we know my list is accurate but never correct. Okay. But Pre- precise, not accurate. Which whatever one is like, yeah. You, we we get it. We get it. Right. right. Coming in. I don't and... know. Do we get it? Do we? Owen gets me. I know he does. Coming in at. The sixth spot, we have everybody's favorite man in Florida, Dougie P, 
You're sick. You are sick. Jaguars. Well, I guess I like your it. honorable mention. I like it. Sick. This, he can okay, put Dougie is... P in his list, but I can't put Big Mike. So let's explain that one. Big Mike and Du Bois are a bunch of bitches. Anyways, so here's the deal. Here's one. Here's one thing about my list. I give a little bit to. Uh, I give a little bit to hot teams, and then I give a little bit to the teams that have to be on here. Um, you'll see in a second. Which brings me to the five spot. Well, so, okay, this is what I'll say about the Jaguars real fast. Ultimately, they are probably on on the list that we're all going to name off. They're probably the one team where everybody's like, nah, maybe not. But at the same point in time, they might, they're like the Seahawks earlier. They could really surprise you, right? They could really come out and who knows? ETN could go for 200 yards. Uh, Lawrence could throw for 350 and four touchdowns. Freaking Josh Allen could have four sacks. Walker chop, chip in two. You don't know. Like you, the Jaguars could pop off. Teams that are young like this that get to the dance for the first time could be the Bengals of last year where they just make a run. You don't know. So I'm with a coach that's been there, done that. One, he's got a ring on his hand. I'm going to go with it. That cat is cracked out. Speaking of cats, <laughs> we are done with the Jaguars, which takes us to that team that is the closest NFL team to us, boys. Give me in the number five spot, Seth. I didn't go too high. I also didn't go too low because I'm not on drugs, because they're bad for you, kids. I was going to say, you might be too high for this one, but okay. Drugs are bad, okay. Drugs are bad. At the five spot, I think it's because the D.A.R.E. program was up at Christy Mountain last night. Maybe that's what it was. I don't know. But the Vikings are at number five. This is why. That cat is really on drugs. I'm sorry, boys. Um, She's going to end up knocking something down and breaking it. I've been saying it all year about the Vikings. It's a veteran roster, Okay. They know okay. they're wily, savvy vets that are going to make the right play at the right time. Patrick Peterson. You know, I've, I've said the names. I don't need to say them again. Kurt Coupon sure ain't. The massive weakness on this team is if Delvin Cook even shows up, if the running game even shows up, if TJ Hawkinson and freaking Kurt Cook can get on the same – or Kurt can get on the same page. Because it seems – man, I, I can't tell you how many times I've been, like, watching Viking games. And Kirk and Hawkinson, it's just like – why did they make that trade? I'm like, I'm questioning it because it's like, he's such a good player, but he's just, and I don't know if it's midseason trade isn't meshing that well or whatever it may be. They're just not on the same page. Haven't had the chance to get on it yet, but it just looks funny at times. But Kirk is good enough to give you one in the playoffs, for sure. Kirk is good enough to give you one. Um, I just can't see a spot where <sighs> – Unless O'Connell comes out and just like really poops on this team, I just can't see it. I want to see Justin Jefferson come out and give like not obviously to the Super Bowl because I want my Eagles to make it, but I would love Jefferson to come out and give you kind of a Larry Fitz run. Maybe like I said, not always Super Bowl, but really show you like I'm that guy, right? That would be fun to me because I just the receiver that was supposed to play for the Eagles love that guy. Anyways, this brings me to four. How many of those are out, are out there in the league right now? Receivers that were supposed to be Eagles. Three off the top of my head, but he's he's the peak of that list. Um, this brings me to four, which isn't probably even going to be the biggest surprise in my list. The only team that actually plays in New York, the Buffalo Bills, are my four spot. Here's why they're my four spot, Seth. Here's why. Josh Allen is, first of all, 
110% not the unquestioned best player in the league. Josh Allen isn't even the best quarterback in the AFC. Josh Allen isn't one of the two best quarterbacks in the AFC. Those two guys will show up on this list in a little bit here. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills are a little too loosey-goosey with the ball at times to where it goes, hey, you get two, three turnovers in the first half, you're losing this game, especially against the Dolphins. One thing that plays into my list is who they're playing this week and if it's a beatable opponent. Like, the Jaguars can win, the Vikings can win. The Bills can win, but this game could get dicey in a hurry, like in a real hurry, just because it's two teams that know each other. Two is playing, right? Uh, no, they don't know yet. It's it que- it's questioned, questionable. But but Teddy's good, right? That one's also Son up. Of a bitch. It's very it's very. It honestly, right now they don't know. At least publicly, they don't know who is the quarterback going into Wild Card Weekend. And I don't care because guess what? That Dolphins defense is pretty damn good. They've got guys that are dudes. They got two guys. They got some dudes, but um, my my issue is not so much the Dolphins. It's the, the Bills get loose with the ball. They do. We know that. I mean, we there's been games where they've turned it over a whole bunch in a half, and then it turns into the game, and it makes games too interesting, like the Vikings game. But anyways, that brings me to the tree spot, which we have the team from the Bay, San Francisco 49ers. Seth, you said it yourself, and obviously I said it. Owen said it. We've all said it. It comes down to how Brock Purdy looks under the lights. He's looked like that dude for the last X amount of weeks, right? Now, is that offense set up for anybody that can just kind of dink and dunk to come out and, like, show up? Yeah, it is. Now, here's the deal. The 49ers have the Seahawks the first week of the playoffs, right? So, that's a team that's played the Niners twice. They're super familiar with Shanahan and that team, right? And now they're going to actually really get a week to just dive in and study this guy, figure out weaknesses, figure out strengths, and attack that. Especially with a coach like Pete Carroll, who's a defensive wizard, that could be a recipe for a disaster for a young quarterback, especially in the playoffs. Now, would I bet on the Niners to just come out and down outright lose to the Seahawks? No, because their roster is too damn good. I've been saying it all year. But could it get real dicey with a, a good defensive-minded coach? And young players that, I mean, look at Woolen. Look at some of these guys, right? They're just – they're looking like that guy. It could get interesting really fast. So, the Niners coming at three, which brings me to two. This is where my 1A and my 1B is, okay? Owen, you know how my list works. Yeah, I'm you, aware. You know how the list works. <laughs> so, this might be two or three. I don't know. But, coming at 1A, 1B, and I really battled with this. God damn! I want to change it right now. But I can one team. One team has three straight wins against the other in one year. Well, you don't want to lose to that team three times, Owen. Who's that, Owen? Four times. Who's that, Owen? What's that? Who's that? I'm I'm interested to hear who it is. Bengals are two for me. Okay. All right. Bengals are two for me, and I really wanted to put them one on my list. They're the hottest team probably in the NFL. Ah, I can't say the NFL because of the Niners right now. But they're the hottest team in the AFC for sure. And now the ceiling for Joe Burrow in that offense 
is higher than any other team's ceiling. I mean, it's just the truth. To say that Joe Bur- – I mean, Josh Allen is the unquestioned best player in the league, he's looking up at two quarterbacks that play in the same conference as him, Burrow and Pat Mahomes, in my opinion, especially right now. Now, who would I take, Burrow or, or Josh Allen? I'm going to take Josh Allen just because I like his game more. But Burrow's that guy. I mean, that dude's got ice in his veins, and he's also got the best receiving core in the NFL. I mean, he's got three ones, basically, right? One of them might be a low-end one in Boyd, but whatever. I mean, there's three dudes. You got Mixon, who can – and then you got Samaja Pirine. The defense is playing hot. They're peaking like they're getting hot at the right time. Now, the trouble is the Bengals can get up points. Right, they can get they can get cold and they can give up points. That's the trouble. I was really, 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 really tempted to put them at one on my list, but I can't because Andy Reid, Big Red, is the best coach in NFL history in my heart. But that brings me to number one, one A to my one B in the Bengals, which Kansas City Chiefs, with uh, the number two at the MVP spot at quarterback. We know how it goes, Seth. Don't lie to yourself. You're a sicko. Anyways. It is something to see that the year that Hill leaves, to see him do this. Now, it's kind of like he – what's funny is at the beginning of the year, Pat Mahomes did what I thought Rodgers was going to do, where you lose your number one guy, kind of. I mean, it's a little different because Rodgers didn't have Travis Kelsey to fall off to, right? But I thought Rodgers was going to turn into spreading the wealth like this, but Rodgers is kind of at the end of his rope here. Pat Mahomes got to this point where it's like, hey, I don't have to go to two guys constantly. Now I have to spread it to everybody else. And then Andy Reid really took advantage of this backfield, right? But the NFL today is like Andy Reid's play, playground. Like it's pass, 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 pass. That's the trouble that the Chiefs can get into is not establishing the running, controlling clock and getting blown out by somebody. And the other two teams in the AFC, the two top dogs, the Niners and uh, not the Niners, the Bengals and the Bills, the one team I think can beat you at that game in my opinion, is the Bengals because you can establish the run game and control the clock, and that's going to be where the Chiefs get in trouble is if they get a game against the Bengals. Could have Bengals-Eagles in the, in the Super Bowl, my boys, but uh, only time will tell. But like I said, my list is not always spot on, but it's pretty damn close. So that's not a bad list. Not a bad list, Owen, or Jeremy. Not a bad list. Seth, where'd you have the Bengals? Uh, four. I see. To me, they have to be top three. That's in my opinion. They have to be top three. They got them at three. Who me? You got them at three? Yeah. No. Or four? You're right. No, you're you're. You right. them I had them at four. Yeah, yeah. Because right. I I bumped them ahead of the Niners. And Jeremy right, had them at. Jeremy had them at two. I Jeremy, I get what you're saying. Just to me, the Bills, Eagles, and Chiefs have been the class of the NFL the entire season. And I just don't see that changing right now. I agree with you. I do agree with you. But every year we get a team that gets hot at the end of the year. and yes. makes a run. Yes. And that's pretty clearly to me, Bengals right now. Yeah, and they, hey, yeah. they were, they were in the dance last year. They 100% were. I've um, interesting to hear your guys' list. This is probably and, you know, we won't have more than seven teams actually mentioned for voting. However, this is probably the most different our rankings have been in weeks. Okay. Just in placements. All right. I like that. 
So to me, to start out my list, um, I would say there's a you you mentioned Seth mentioned a class of three: Bills, Chiefs, Eagles. I from where the season is now, I'm at a class of five with uh, uh, a class of three being like slightly being that A tier, that one A tier to one B tier. So there's class of three in that one A tier that is different than what Seth had just mentioned as his A tier. And uh, after that, then there's four teams. I don't mention them. Vikings, Cowboys, Chargers. You could throw the Jaguars in there potentially. Just as that, like, those next up where they're like, they're not necessarily what I would say Super Bowl contenders, more so just um, the noisemakers. Probably one of these four teams are going to be, maybe have a Bengal style run from last year. They're there. They're probably going to win a game. But I just don't see them into the championship, winning a, winning a conference championship, right? Sure. So Cowboys, Chargers, Vikings kind of Jaguars. I'm going to put the Vikings in at my 5B. What while Seth grimaces. I I get it. I I put the I had a couple teams listed as honorable mentions. They were one of them as they should be. I get it. I just I don't I don't agree. I have get it. I have get it. I guess I would make them my 6, not my 5B. They're more of a clear 6 for me. Sure. And it's simply because, you know, we put the fraud alert on them, and I can't talk that that smack much anymore now that uh, <laughs> now that our team's out. So they're the more out of the top three seeds. They're like the the ones with the most questions, almost by far. Um, Thirteen win division champions. You know, NFL record with eleven one score victories, which is what you, which is how you win playoff games is one score victories. However, that defense is struggling, have three blowout losses, um, and only one team in the league that is worse defensively in terms of yards. Um, And that is a playoff team. That is a playoff team hosting a playoff game this year. But I got to give it a – I just think they probably have the easiest draw against the Giants out of any home team in wildcard weekend. That you're not wrong there, that's for sure. So, you know, I say give me the give me the Vikings, just sneaking in number five, the lowest out of all three of us. I have the Philadelphia Eagles. Damn, of course, walked away for this, but I'm sure you heard yeah. it. He'll come back. Yes. In in. When they were a clear top three all year, it's just it's become so plainly evident. What a goddamn joke! That man. this team, <laughs> this team what? can, this team can only go as far as Jalen Hurts can drag them. That is that is becoming clear. MVP by Jay the Hurts. day. Get it it right. might be unlikely to be, but MVP in our hearts. We should we're, what we're gonna do. Going along on first MVP voting, of course. Of course, we will. So later this week, most likely. I get two votes. Actually, if it's later this week, I might get three votes. Emotional for votes for my kids. Sure. Well, nope. I get one for Reagan, 
one's for my future son, and then me, obviously. That's just how that works. That, so are you like a majority stockholder where you just make the decision for everybody? I mean, yeah, we're all Eagle fans too, so it is what it is. So you can disavow the AP MVP award, but the going long on first MVP award is really what matters. Five, Owen. Really? Five? I have them at five. Five? I have them at five. How many NFC teams you got above them? One. You, you could have guessed that. Um, It's just, I mean, he, he was hurting real bad. This this bye week is going to be important for Mr. Jalen Hurts. And then, uh, you know, they'll probably get a decent game going up against the Bucks Cowboys if, you know, maybe even easier with the Giants or Seahawks. But I just, I'm not convinced they can, they haven't, this is more, for me, how strong the AFC top three are. Um, and again, you'll see that in comparison. So Eagles matched up to any of those three. I'm not a big fan. They have a shot against the 49ers. The 49ers, I'm in number 14. Mr. Brock Purdy, big cock Brock, coming at you. Ready to be Mr. Irrelevant all over the link. Lincoln financial field. Does he get batteries thrown at him? He will? Okay. Good to know. I, I would probably – yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, I'm just a big fan of that Niners team. As much as I thought I was a huge fan of the Eagles team, you know, having Brock Purdy come in and succeed in the wake of losing their starter, which wasn't as much of a drop-off, but still – Brock Purdy to Garden Gardner Minshew probably pretty even um, themselves. Thanks, Jeremy. Eagles struggled. <laughs> Niners not so much, and then Jeremy's just following, just uh, national champion. Oh, okay, Stetson oh, Bennett. That's hilarious. Stetson Bennett. He's <laughs> trying to distract you, Owen, or because of Stetson so Bennett, future quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. No, not quite. He, <laughs> when I've seen it. I was losing my mind. I was like, they followed that up with the next one saying his age. It is kind of wild, like, how many quarterbacks in the NFL are younger than him. But, and I mean, yes, four of them, all of them are in the playoffs. Yeah. That's it. All of them are in the playoffs. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is wild. But that, so that's why I have Eagles just a spot below because it's Jalen Hurts as the most important factor. Whereas the 49ers, it's everything else as the most important factor. And they win in spite of ha having to rely on Brock Purdy. And that team scares me. And they are my NFC favorite by a decent margin. I'm not a hater of the Eagles by any means. And they can certainly beat the 49ers at home. But I'm just loving the Niners right now. Um, and I would be scared. if I would be sweating if I was a Philadelphia Eagle. I'll tell you that. But he's not, he's not worried. He told me he wasn't sweating. So I'm not going to worry about it if he's not. Number three. Cincinnati Bengals, of course. So you can see where this is going. But I have the Bengals at three. Man, um, they're good. They're good. They're not top, top, top tier. But they're in the conversation. Returning from losing a Super Bowl, winning, I don't know, what is it, eight straight now? Um, I think they are. I think, weren't they four and four or were they three and three? Something like that. Four and six, right? No. Sounds right. No. I forget. Four and I think four, four and four sounds right. 
I think they're 12 and four now. So I think they ripped off that many in a row. I mean, the, this is a, this is a baller team for sure. Burrow. What was he asked this week? He's like, you, you know, you, do you feel like you have a couple more years left in your Super Bowl window? He's like, my whole career is the Super Bowl window. What yeah. are you talking about? Yeah. Like it, not even a second thought about it. It's like I savage I'm, answer right there. I'm all it's always the Super Bowl window. <laughs> and that is ultimately true for the Cincinnati Bengals team, as long as Burrow is a part of it. So can't wait. Can't wait for the playoffs. It's gonna be a lot of interesting matchups. Leads me to number God damn, your cat was pissing you off. My cat's pissing me off. I'm gonna start throwing shit. But so only because I'm so excited. <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs are my one B. Very close. I like where you I like where you're going, Owen. Very close. And they could be considered, I think they might have the best odds to make the Super Bowl. But um scary team, you know exactly what they are. And they're just as good as they were when they won the Super Bowl, then lost the Super Bowl, then barely lost the Bengals in the AFC Conference Championship. They've been slowly coming down. I don't see them placing any worse than second in the AFC. I just don't see it, whether to whatever team. Um, Chiefs are scary. They're consistent. Even without Tyree Kill, we've said it all year. Pat Mahomes is going to be the MVP in the AP. We'll see about the going long on first MVP. <laughs> He's not happy. Giving the Kansas City Chiefs, which means the Bills at 1A are my – Super Bowl favorites, odds on, and the team I'm rooting for. Josh Allen, get that bag. Secure the title. Bring it back for all of us who have been eliminated from the playoffs. Buffalo is probably the most rooted for team left. If the Detroit Lions are out, it's going to be the Buffalo Bills. And it'll be their first, right? If they can do it, it's their first in franchise history. Is that correct? That. I believe so, yes. Jags as well. Oh, and that was going to be my next question, is who are the teams remaining that have not won? It would be Chargers, Jags, Bengals, Bills, right? They're the only teams that don't have them. So the Chargers never won one, but they did go to some? Is that right? Just like the Bengals. I thought perhaps that the Chargers won one, but I may not be remembering that correctly. I'm fairly certain that the Chargers have not won a Super Bowl. The Dan Fouts years, legendary quarterback. Yeah, Fouts never wants. Got it. Give me two seconds. These teams are Vikings. Oh, shit. shit I thought the Vikings. Oh, duh. Name. Yeah, I'm sorry. Vikings, Vikings Bills, Chargers, Jaguars. Jaguars. Those are the four. Where were the, what was the other one we just said? Bengals? Bengals won one. Oh, I, might, I, I guess they have. I don't think Got they it. have, but I'm gonna, I guess I'll research real quick. Is that a boomer assassin, maybe? Boomer Esiason, Anthony Munoz. The most disfigured oh, fingers of all time. Um, never mind. They haven't won one. Oh, so that's five. Okay. Good to see. Hey, yeah. pretty decent chance we have a first time ever Super Bowl winner. That's cool. That's cool. That's always cool to see. It's cool to yeah, see. Yeah, for sure. But regardless, you know, give me the bills. Everything's running. We talked about it earlier, Seth. It's stifling defense. I mean, offense is high flying. They might have a running back right now. At least they have a freaking kick returner. That's for sure. 
And uh, they have, you know, all the all the positive momentum coming after this this week. And especially the way Josh Allen was talking about that first kick return. Yeah. It was like it was literally like a religious moment. <laughs> like yep. it was Yeah, it, holy it's, crap. It's it's one of those moments that hap- that we've seen in past years, not quite to this degree, but it's just one of those moments where it's like something happens and then they just ride that wave. They hit that peak and they don't let it go for a whole month. So we'll see how it goes. But I mean, I'm just I I'd be beside myself if I didn't pick the Bills as my Super Bowl favorite and ending on the regular season. So Recap, Bills, Chiefs, Bengals, Niners, Eagles, Vikings. But going along on first, end of regular season rankings goes as such. Do I get a – hey, do I get to put in uh, my first off team? Your honorable mention or – Yeah. You already – it's the Jaguars. You already said it, so. No, well, I suppose you're right. I was going to say I really wanted it to be the Packers, but then I realized they weren't in. Um, so I guess it'll be mute him, Seth. Mute him, Seth. Mute him I now. should. Should. It, hey, mine actually, mine actually probably would have been the Chargers. My first off, because I didn't name them. I mine was Cowboys, then Chargers, then Jaguars. I guess it could be a interchangeable. Seth already said. Um, well, Chargers were in Seth's top top. No, six. Cowboys were. Oh, you switched that. Because you yeah. had Chargers ahead of Cowboys. And then yeah, you're yeah. like, I almost want to keep the Cowboys in, but I thought I'd keep it to the rankings. Yes. So Cowboys are off. My first off. So Chargers, Cowboys are your first in. Or first off, got it. So <laughs> rankings goes as such. Chiefs, number one. Bills, number two. Bengals, three. Eagles, four. Niners, five. Vikings, six. Chargers, seven. Jaguars, Cowboys. Do we want to throw in the top 10? Only one team left. We already said Chargers, Jaguars, Cowboys. Ravens? Probably be my other one. Ravens or Lions are the only... Ravens or Lions are the other two teams I have written down that we didn't mention. Even So the 9 and 8 Lions out of the playoffs, you'd still have in your top 10? No. It would be the Bucs. (laughs) It would be the Bucs for sure. The eight and nine measly bucks? Are you kidding me? No, give me the lines. Seth, they have the goat. I don't care. The goat is dried up. He's playing in the playoffs, Seth. Yeah, uh, that's because he's in a terrible division. We don't need to talk Owen, about it. It's the Buccaneers, Seth. What would you say? Did you say the Ravens? I I would go the Ravens, Ravens Giants, uh, Seahawks, Dolphins, Bucks. Yeah, Dolphins without Tua, I feel like you can't really touch. They are they are scary for the Bills, but I wouldn't touch them without Tua. If Tua was completely healthy, I would definitely. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, touch they would. They would have. They would have made my list for sure if they had Tua healthy. Um, yeah. I mean, shit. If they had Tua healthy, they're probably not the seventh seed. To be completely honest, but um, no, I I think it's got to be the Bucks. Well, because is Lamar playing this week for sure? No, it's I, not even for sure. He yeah. said he was going to play. They he has detractors within the organization saying he's probably not going to play. So, I'm sure he'll fight to play. Just like Tua, I'm sure Tua will fight to play. Should they? Tua's is if... a, Tua's is a little different because it's like life altering. You know? Yes. Yes. Um, Lamar's is just contract altering. It's like you're not gonna, you know, be a vegetable in a couple of years if you go play. You know, Tua's head stuff is pretty bad. 
Yeah, um, that, can, that can be my, serious. Hundred percent. It would be very, yeah. it would be very surprising if the if the Ravens did not roll Lamar out. I mean, that seems like you're you're trying to lose. I would say so. This is my this would be my argument for it is uh, take the Ravens and Dolphins out because of the quarterback questions, and you take the Giants and Seahawks out of it because I think they're the two weakest at full health out of all. Which the makes me red. That makes me right. I want to just tell. So that. I would hard. agree. Just out of process of elimination, I would also say the Buccaneers. There you go, Seth. The Buccaneers rounds out the top ten against uh, Seth's better judgment. And those the Tom Brady led goat himself. I'll agree with the pod, just not Jeremy. Now, let me throw something at you real quick because I have our week one rankings. Oh boy, to open the year, let's hear it. To open the year, the top eight in podcast rankings. You want to know something? My actually one, two, three, four, five of my teams are in the playoffs. My number one ranking, if mine's accurate here, my number one team was the Rams. <laughs> Which I been. did because they were the Super Bowl champ. So here's your going long mm-hmm. on first rankings. Buffalo, number one. That's what Pretty I call oh, the list. The list, yeah. yeah. I don't know between between us all who exactly. I, I do see the Rams got a first place vote, so that was probably Jeremy. Jeremy. <clears throat> There's that cage. Jesus Christ. Anyway, uh, Buffalo's one. Number two, number two A were the Los Angeles Rams defending champions. What a what a whiff that was. Number three, we have our, I think we have a losing record. Tampa Bay Buccaneers were 2B on the list to open the season. Number four, four A. The Los Angeles Chargers, now a completely different team at the beginning of the year. Yes. All yeah. through injuries, came back and ended up in Seth's uh, top six. So that was a pretty good comeback they had through the year. Number five, number four B, Cincinnati Bengals. Kind of a weird start. Boom. Hottest team at the, at the end of the year. Number six, we had the Chiefs. And I'm. It, it's, weird, it's weird looking back why we had the Chiefs so low. But just how the narratives have changed through 18 weeks has been insane. We should have known better, however. And uh, while I was this depressing, the Green Bay Packers at number seven. Yeah. Didn't even get a vote. Gotta have faith, baby. Jeremy did not give them a vote. Wow, what a surprise there. I have my list. I have my list. Do you guys have your list? Not my – I do, actually, I do. I don't don't remember mine. I have Rams at one, Bills at two, Bucks at three, Chiefs at four, Chargers five, 49ers six, and my honorable mentions go as such. Eagles, Packers, Bengals. Yep, that sounds right. Only two of these teams are off the playoffs is the Packers and the Rams. Now, I remember saying that I had to put the Rams on there because of the Super Bowl. Um, they very quickly – Fell off my list. Dissuaded you on that. Oh yeah, very <laughs> yeah. very quickly. Yes. Yeah, and they were the 40, off by week three. Yeah, the 49ers also come in with an official vote, which, uh, you know, again a lot of questions, but I mean they turned out to be fucking hell of a team. So my and my top six was Buffalo, Tampa, Cincy, Green Bay, Rams, Chargers. Don't love it. Not bad 
don't love it. Not a bad list. At the time, you know, we were shoehorned. I didn't pick the Chiefs for some freaking reason, but, you know, that was me. I'm sure I had somewhere along the line of the Packers, of course. You had the, the, you had the Packers at you had the Packers at five. Seth, I think you had the Packers at one, two, three, four, five, and five. I think you had the Seth, Packers at every spot. Seth had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers out of his top six. Of course. <laughs> as they should be. You were correct. I thought he had I thought he had the Buccaneers as his honorable mention, but he left Tom Brady off the list. Yeah. With uh Blaine Gabbert at the helm. Seth had Seth had the Chargers at his number two. Whoa! At the beginning of the year, a it healthy is. healthy Chargers team would have been a different, different, yeah. different case for Correct. sure. So, all right, beautiful, beautiful. We will we'll still have our top five as we go through the postseason, but uh, just a little bit. As we eliminate, we'll probably go to like a top three, top two, yeah, or, or yeah. we'll just pick winners once we get to like divisional round, something like that. Only winners on this pod, baby. That's it. All right. I got two trivia questions. We're going to make it quick tonight. Got it. And um, Seth, if you would like to do, we can do all three. I want to throw one in. Sure. Because because of something mentioned on this pod. So you can either take one off or we can do them all. Depends on how Now, I guess we'll I, see how. I vote we do them all. We'll see how quick the first two go or the first I'll, one. I'll start mine and then you can decide. Sure. Okay. So, something was mentioned on this pod, and that was uh, by Mr. Jeremy Shimko. You know, tried to, th- you know, throw in any jab at Rodgers he could along the way. <laughs> it really was more of a compliment to J.J. Watt at the time. This is the 2014 MVP award ballot. Aaron Rodgers coming in with 31 votes, a 62% share, winning his second MVP at the time. Yep. JJ Watt. This is the Watt year. Okay. JJ okay. Watt coming in with 13 votes with a 26% share of the votes. Uh, very easily, you know, I mean, Rodgers had a career year and definitely, I think that was the Seahawks NFC championship year. It was like probably if there was one year where really th- that hurts the most, that didn't go the Packers way, it's that year. So, you know, any other year, JJ Watt probably could have took it. That's because well, that's the peak of his powers, Rogers, right? Pretty much. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And uh, JJ Watt took a hundred percent of the vote in the Defensive Player of the Year voting, which was natural. Yeah. Uh, quite interesting to see the next four names that receiving votes, and there are only four more. So that will be the question. Four ta- four names. Twenty fourteen MVP award ballot took a total of ten percent of the rest of the. The rest of the voting share. I literally think I can go four for four here. It's Seth, possible. You have, Seth, do you mind if I spit off four? Seth, I want you uh, to take take whatever is off the top of your head. You can have the first vote, and then uh, you know see how Jeremy goes from there. I'm pretty confident I can because I'm very familiar with Seth. I remember me, you, and Khan talking about this at the Boys and Girls Club. Oh, I'm pretty, probably, I'm, probably way I'm back. Pretty locked in a, this is I have a memory like a dog. Like near I'll nine, remember stuff nine years, years ago, but not ago. today. Yeah, nine years ago. Uh, pretty locked eight, in on this eight one. Years ago, I should say. Brady, I'm guessing is one of the four. I'm sure there's a running back in there. 2014. I want to say AP. I'm not sure. You got if, one right, one wrong. <laughs> 
I'll say I'll say both of those. Just just playing the sure. odds there. Yeah, th- throw your other two because you know Jeremy. Give us gonna... two more. <sighs> two more. Twenty fourteen. Peyton was gone. Cam. When was Cam's MVP year? Fifteen. Cam was probably up there. I'll throw Cam out there. Two wrong, one right. Uh that's right. I, I this is a total shot in the dark. You know, I, I figured I'd get one yeah. of them. I'll be yeah, impressed yeah, yeah. with one. Uh one more, 2014. Wow. Uh two. I'd say for you in this current situation, two would be impressive. One would be just about right. Um Pittsburgh was pretty good then. I don't think that was before Le'Veon, maybe Big Ben or A Antonio Brown, one of the two. I'll go Big Ben. Three now, Jeremy, okay. how how He's, confident? Scale of one to ten, how confident? A nine, a nine and a half. Okay, so he got Brady right. He Brady, Tom Brady comes at number five. Well, yeah, number five with one total vote, two percent of the vote. I'm, I'm fairly sure that's Demarco Demarco Murray's big year. Confirmed, Demarco Murray t- uh, tied at three with two. Seth, votes. Seth Con and I argued over if Tony Romo was belonging in those MVPs when Rodgers won them. So I know he's on there. And then now the now question also mark is tied the last one. two Dallas Cowboys tied at 3 with 2%. The question mark is the last one, or 4% which I'm pretty sure this is my 0.5% where this was a question mark. Seth mentioned the name but but didn't say. Le'Veon Bell also had a big year that year. His wasn't like DeMarco's as far as the rushing yards, but he had a lot of receiving yards if I remember right. I'm fairly sure that's the four. Tom Romo, DeMarco, and Bell. So close. So we got the three. I got Bell wrong, didn't I? So we got the three. We got three, four, five. Boom, 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 boom. One more player comes in with one vote in the MVP voting. And I will tell you this. Is it one of those damn Steelers? I will tell you this. It's not a Steeler. He was a defensive player. And because it's J.J. Watt's year and voting is different, defensive player of the year was unanimous. Nobody got votes, but because yeah, MVP, I MVP goes first, second, third, it allowed a defensive player to get a vote here. So I think that's Aaron Donald's rookie year set. So I don't think it's Donald. Oh, 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 oh. What year is this again? 2014. If you feel good about it, let Seth have a chance. Seth, go. I'm positive I got it. Now. I The one name sticks out to me then is Revis. Darrell Revis, Revis Island. Wrong side of the country. It's Bobby Wagner. Bingo. Oh, sure. Bingo, bango. Yeah. That's when he was, like, really taken over as the top dog at linebacker. Um, and solidified it when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. That or was I guess the they only, lost that one, I should say. Yeah. That was the only unanimous Watt year for Defensive Player of the Year, right? I think so. Okay. No, I really think he should have won MVP that year. That's just my opinion. I think the NFL's missed out on a couple of the defensive ones, and I think that's the big one. Like, that's not even Rodgers' hate. If that had been Brady, I got it too. I, I just really wish Watt would have got it. Like I said earlier, I have definitely been someone that picks on Watt a lot. It's more of Watt's like an old-time human too, like the way he gave back to Houston and stuff. I just like to pick on his character because he likes to find a camera like Russ. But yeah, I remember, yeah, for sure. I remember this offseason when we talked Watt versus Donald, and it was Aaron Donald's career is the best defensive tackle ever, right? 
But J.J. Watt, peak of his powers. Four, five-year period, yeah. What was it, 11? And then 11 was He was drafted drafted in 11, and he immediately, like, 11 was was, when he got his first, like, pick six in the playoffs. Yeah. And that was, like, the first time. The next year, he, like, exploded for 12, 13, 14, for sure. So that's three years, for sure. That four, five-year run is, like, there's maybe one guy, two guys that have a better run ever in all of NFL history than that, right? And it would be like LT and Derek Thomas, right? Yeah. Or maybe Reggie White you could throw in there. But yeah. J.J. Watt, yeah. peak of his powers is, in my opinion, a top three defender ever. I completely agree. And I will let me rattle off the rest of the awards that year just for a flashback, and then and then we can move on to the next I think, question. I think I got one more for you. I think Jeremy Mac, Jeremy Macklin comes up for comeback player of the year. I don't so think close. he won it, yeah, but he he's second. on there. He was second. Yeah. So I would say offensive rookie of the year. It was the Odell catch year. Odell Beckham. By far. So Donald definitely got defensive rookie, right? Aaron Donald absolutely got defensive player of the yeah. year. CJ Mosley was second. Chris Borland shows up on rookie defensive rookie. Of the hey, year. look at that. <laughs> um, Wisconsin boys. Comeback player of the year went to Gronkowski after tearing his ACL the previous year or the elbow, whatever, whatever the big injury was. He had a big year. year. They won the Super Bowl too, right? Exactly. Yes. Yep, what, right. It was the it was the Marshawn Lynch refusing to run at the goal line. It was the Russell Wilson interception, yep. right? And then uh, coach of the year was Bruce Arians for like the third time in a row or whatever it was. Cardinals Bruce Arians. Yep. So that's it. Okay. That was 2014. Wow. I like was obsessing over the Watt stuff when I heard he retired. And like, like I said, I like to pick on that guy, but I was really diving into uh, like his numbers and like his recent numbers. He had 12 and a half, 13 and a half sacks this year. Yeah. I, I his numbers think, are good this year. I don't Seth, I won't dive too long because I wanted to get to yours, but I honestly think, if the Steelers were relevant, I don't think he retires. I think he goes to the Steelers and plays his brother. But they're not uh, relevant. As the Steelers might be relevant, though. They they had a shot at the playoffs. I don't they, know if they might be relevant. relevant with the Bengals being in that division. And then the Ravens are a perennial play, uh, playoff team. So I just – if the Steelers were that team, like the Bengals, with the quarterback and everything ready and everything, I think Watt goes there next year for sure to try to make a run. Because that's the only thing missing for him is a ring. Yeah, true, true, true. But defensive players, it doesn't matter as much as it does for offensive no. players. But, yes. No, All right. Case. My two questions real quick. First one, it pains me to do it, but I'm going to do it. Lions rookie safety, Kirby Joseph. Fuck. <laughs> I know. Picked off Rodgers three times this year, twice in the first game. Once in the second game, tying, which is crazy, crazy, tying this defender for most interceptions against Aaron Rodgers all time, all time. Already he's done it one year where, I mean, obviously Rodgers doesn't throw a lot of picks. Kirby Joseph picked him off three times. There's one other player that's also picked off Rodgers three times in Rodgers' career. two names. That are coming to my head. Owen, do you want to go first? No. Uh, well, I mean, I could. I I have one you guess. I just don't think it's right. So I'll go first because you're the Rogers fan. I'll go first. I'm gonna go with kind of what seems to be the obvious one if he was to be him. 
I'm gonna go Harrison Smith because their their careers are kind of close. Oh, yeah. If you're going longevity wise, that that was my first guess. I just don't. Yeah. I don't even well, remember it. Like the one, Harrison Smith one happening. So I was gonna say Harrison Smith's first two years, he got a lot of picks, if I remember right. Sounds right. Yep. Um. So I mean, Seth, go ahead and rule it out. It's not Harrison Smith. It's not Harrison Smith. Right. So that's where it gets tough. Um. Did you have Did you have another guest locked and loaded? I do. I do have another one. Um. My second one was gonna be uh, Tillman. Peanut, Peanut. eh? That's a good guess, but incorrect. Their, do their careers overlap? They got to, right? They do. They do. Not okay. too much, but they do. Yes. I think he retired in like 2015. Yeah. So. Throw, so throw out one guess before we start, you know, maybe asking for a hint. I'm almost thinking Seahawks. So I kind of want to say um, – I kind of want to say – I just don't know if there was enough time – kind of want to say Earl Thomas. I think I think that's my best guess if I'm representing the Seahawks, especially over those those first four years that they kind of dominated any Packers matchup. Um I'll stick with that. Incorrect, but good guess. Legion Thank of you. Boom, obviously. I'm Here. gonna Seth, can I spit one off real fast or are you gonna get yep. it? In? No, spit it off and if you get it wrong then I will. The other person, because I was thinking, oh, and they played a lot in that time that time frame. Yeah, I was thinking Richard Sherman, because he he like Woolen had what five six picks in his rookie year, so true got to be somewhere in there. True, but there was like it was yeah, I thought of that, but it was like it was such a point, especially in the later times that they played the Seahawks. Like it was that one year with Jordy, like he never threw it to Jordy because Jordy was always covered by Sherm on that one side. Like he didn't throw it to that one side of the field an entire game. You know what, Seth? I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with Sherman just to kind of equalize. Richard out. Sherman, Thursday Night Football guy. <laughs> Incorrect. Okay. Here's here's your hint. He is a familiar foe. A okay, a, so I w- a familiar foe in Rogers' earlier days, not lately, but earlier. It'll probably surprise Oof. you. But oh, and then that, it makes me feel like it's got to be NFC North. That's where I was going right off the bat. I mean, definitely. And I still, but now that he says earlier days, that opens it up a little bit more. Earlier days. I'm talking. Let me see. Let me, let me give you a retirement, maybe retirement year for for this player. This player retired in 2012. I was on to something with Tillman. I really was, wasn't I? <laughs> you were. You were. Owen, who is the other cornerback there with Tillman, the short guy with the dreads? There was a few. T- Tillman was a short guy with the dreads. <laughs> nah, That's no, true. No, no. That, that is true. He was. The guy I'm thinking of, he had like two, three years in a row where he flirted with double-digit picks, if I remember right. He let, was like a flash in the pan for that those big bear defense at the end there. I can't think of what his name is. I can picture the guy's face right now. Shoot. I can think of a couple names that I just know are not right. Uh, Tim Jennings, is that the name you're thinking? Oh, Tim Jennings. That is, I think that is the name I'm thinking. Seth, I'm not cheating. I got to look at Tim Jennings real quick. 
Well, I mean, uh, it's not Tim Jennings. So okay, all right, fair enough. Um, Go ahead and look up. Yeah, it's not him. I think that is the guy I was thinking about. I'm pretty sure. Vikings cornerbacks, Lions cornerbacks. Maybe in Cowboys. Like I said, he did flirt with the ten picks. He had nine the one year in 2012. I remember that. Um, think of good names. 2012. Just gonna try to make this quick so we don't yeah, drag yeah. it out. Let's see what else. Um, NFC North, yeah, which is pretty obvious at this point. Right. He overlapped. Rogers came in 05, but Rogers didn't start till 08. Right. So overlapped for five years. Okay. Three picks in five years. Five years of Rogers starting. I don't think they faced until Rogers did officially start. Because Rogers' only start before that was against the Cowboys. So, yeah. God damn it. This player missed almost an entire year in 2009 due to injury. Came back in 2010. 2011 made the Pro Bowl. I missed all those hints. I said they overlapped for five years officially. Rogers started in 08. This person retired in 12? 12. Uh, He missed the entire 2009 year for injuries. Came back in 2011, 2010, 2011, made the Pro Bowl, retired 2012. Okay, time out. Say the question again real fast. Kirby Joseph has picked off Rodgers three times this year alone. I'm yep. see he's a rookie. That is tied for the most with this other player for most times picking off Aaron Rodgers, so intercepting Aaron Rodgers. This other player also intercepted Rodgers three times. Okay, I got a guess. Can I go? Yep. Owen, I think we're going about this all wrong. Linebacker? Is it is it Lance Briggs? Incorrect. So oh. it's Brian it's Brian Urlacher then. Yep. Got Brian it. I, you said I Briggs. Thought Briggs. I thought Briggs was more of the interception guy, but I knew it's Seth, as soon as you started to get that, I'm like, it's gotta be one of those two. And I know they both missed some time at the end there. Yep. Brian Urlacher. Dang. Very Dang. good. Yep. Hey, talk about that's an that's an all time player right there. It is. Erlacher was he was I a great player. Hated Brian Erlacher. Hated him. I mean, he was right he was safety in the in college, right? So it makes sense. He had the ball hawks. He did, yeah. He did convert. All right, just, last question. Some, I just want to say one thing about Erlacher. I remember when he was still playing. That guy ran like a four or five and had a forty inch vertical. He was actually like a freak. And he was a monster look too. Yeah. Yeah. Big dude. Got juiced up by Tom Brady to go though. Continue. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh Brock Purdy, the Mr. Relevant, especially in this pod, Hey-o. has thrown multiple touchdown passes in six straight games. So all of his games he started, he's thrown at least two touchdown passes. Only one other rookie quarterback has thrown for more thrown for more consecutive games with at least multiple touchdown passes than Brock Purdy. I need that rookie quarterback. So Brock Purdy, first six starts, multiple touchdown passes. Only one other quarterback 
has done it more with multiple touchdown passes in NFL history as a rookie quarterback. As rookie, a rookie quarterback. Man. Just to just to give an initial hint, because obviously it's a lot of years. Yeah. Uh this has happened in the last ten years, I'll say. Just to kind of start off. Ten years. It's, it's within the last ten years, the last decade. Best rookie quarterback seasons in the last decade. So the two touchdowns. What was the what was the question again? So Brock Purdy's thrown six or thrown multiple touchdown pass, at least two touchdowns in six straight games. There's only one other okay. quarterback that's done it more. More than six straight games. More than six straight games. And then he says in the last ten years. Yeah, this has occurred in okay. the last 10 years. So, Mahomes wasn't a rookie. I kind of want to say Josh Allen. Josh Allen. I kind of want to say Josh Allen. Jeremy, I'll let you throw out a guess as well, just because. That feels safe. Like I once said, Mahomes was not a rookie. My head immediately went to Andrew Luck and Cam. Mm. I'm going to go with Luck. Andrew Luck. Both very good guesses, both incorrect. Okay. Oh, and you go again. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, we could start the trifecta of 2011, 2012, 2012. Last uh, 10 years, you said. Last 10 years, you said. 2012. 2012. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so Andrew Luck obviously was the consistent one, but I think yep. RG3 won the rookie of the year. However, Russell Wilson secretly was the best. I think I'll say Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson let him cook. Jeremy, do you have a guess as well? I'm going to go with RG3. Both incorrect. The trifecta. <laughs> the trifecta okay. is wrong. Okay. So I don't think it's Cam. It might be Cam. I don't think it's Cam, though, because of the – the running, like he capped it off running. Yeah, but he, primarily. he like started off. Also, hot. also he was a rookie in 2011 too. So that's the other. Oh thing. shit, that's right, that's right. My sus math is wrong with the 10 year mark. But anyways, I'm not saying it happened 10 years ago. I'm saying it's happened within the next last within 10 years. the last 10 years. Yeah. yeah, we get you. We get you. We get you. I I don't want to. I don't want to limit the years too much. It gives you a it narrows it down too much. So. In that case, um, I will go. Just, just going back through. Oh, we could go that way. I'm hesitant to though, because I don't think Jeremy will. I am going to go with. I am going to go with. Ah, oh, damn it! With Deshaun, Watson. do it. Okay. Oh gosh, you went there. I went there. That's the pod. That's the pod. Felt there, you didn't, Owen. Well, did. on that note, uh, incorrect. I'm just okay. going to throw it out there. I don't want to leave that one hanging too long. <laughs> you don't want to leave those fruits hanging too long, if you know what I'm saying. Jesus um, Christ. I'm going to go with Carson. Went Carson Wentz, the savior of Philadelphia himself. That's not true. That is Dougie P and uh, Nikki Franchise. It's also not true. It's not him. Um, okay, so far in this man's career, he's still active, of course. Uh, he's only missed one game in his professional career so far. He's a wow. pseudo-Iron Man. Start. 
Only missed one start. He's only missed one game so far in his illustrious career so far. Oh, and why doesn't that give it away? Is it Justin Herbert? Did he do it? That. It's got to be Herbie. No, because Herbie broke all those records right up. It's got to be Herbie. It is. Justin Herbie. Got it. Because cool. Herbie yep. broke like the Marino one. He broke he yep. broke all those. Yeah. He he he, he breaks a record every year. He broke he broke yeah. some record earlier this year too. I, it was either yards or touchdowns, one of the two. I don't know. Something. That guy is yeah. a machine. I really hope that team squares away because he deserves more recognition, I think. He does. It is Justin Herbert, baby. He did it seven games in a row. I mean, so. once you said hasn't has missed only one start, I was I was it I was definitely believe- within the last three years. Oh, and I can't believe our heads didn't go to that right away because remember how there was the whole thing about Burrow missing his first year, and if you would have played him and Herman Herbert would have been in lockstep with all these records that they're blowing up, but Herbert had the year start. It's just like some of these questions get you because you want to go as far back as you can for longevity's sake, but then you think it's like it's only a season, so it could and literally. I was just going to say any of those seasons. And passing and receiving always get you because the game has evolved so much. Especially in the last three years. If you're thinking single yeah. season, it's probably in the last three years. Yeah. All right. Beautiful. That ends our final recap of the year. Can I do it? Can I do a quick trivia question? It'll take two oh, seconds. Are you ready? That's right. I forgot. Um, you said. Quick. Quick. Who who is the NFL MVP this year? Seth, you can go first. Uh, we'll discuss that on Thursday. You're wrong. Oh, and you want to go? I'm still still to be determined. Uh, it's still close. too fresh. Yeah, Jalen, the season's too fresh. Jalen Not Hurts, ready. Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, number one in our hearts, number one in the MVP race. Boodoo boo bang. Uh, to be determined. It has not been officially announced, everybody. I just want to disclaim that. It hasn't yet? That's crazy. It, it's not even the going long on first official MVP. Seems so obvious. It hasn't been announced yet either so that's just jeremy's mvp which just had to make sure everyone knew that yeah i just got to put that out there that hey it's it's back bach it's bach very nice all right that's the pod that's the recap we'll come back thursday for a playoff edition of line is right maybe a little redemption jeremy i just you didn't pop on right away you were dead last this year. Thank you, Owen. I like a What's half up? A, a half a game. You but, know what, baby? All it takes is a. Half. I was only a half a game back. No, you had so. Just to recap it really quick, you had eleven wins on the week with your chaos strategy that I uh, seduced you into, <laughs> and it worked for the most part. Mm-hmm. You needed seven to beat me. You only got five. You needed uh, four to beat Seth. You only got three on Seth. So you're just – it was right there, very close. Two games separated Seth and I, one game separated you and Seth. So we were all – Closer than I expected. You guys were essentially 500, and I was just over 500 for the year. Was, which is a good year. It was a good year with, for that. With how, good year with freaking, the with how freaking abnormal this year was, I would say that's a that's a good – that's a win. No, I'll take that. I'll take 500. So are we, are we going to do a new bracket for the playoffs? We could start fresh, or we could continue on and just have one. I game. say, I say we start fresh. What do you think, Steph? You think so? I mean, we're so close, really. You know what? We are so close. It doesn't matter, of course. I I guess we'll decide by Thursday. We'll decide right. by Thursday. Yeah, we All got right. we got a little bit of time. All right, uh, but yeah, we'll come at you. Uh, line is right. Playoff edition. Wild card weekend edition. 
Super wild card, I think. Super I don't wild know. card weekend. Two yeah. Saturday, three Sunday, one Monday. Yeah. All right. I may be here. I may not. I might have a baby by then. <clears throat> Two babies. I might have a new baby by then. There, oh, there it is. There it is. Yeah. All right. But until then, adios. Adios. Adios.